<laughs> Michael Yo. Yes. Back from the brink. It, it's crazy. You are the first guy that I've, well, my friend Sturgill got it, and I talked to him, but he didn't get it real bad. Like how bad is he not real bad. bad. Okay. He, he was like a little fatigued. Yeah. Yeah. So tell, to give me the full rundown. For people who don't know what we're talking about, you got coronavirus. You were one of the first to get it uh, that I know. You got it right after you were on this podcast. You were on this podcast. You flew to New York. Did Gotham for four shows. Little rundown. Yeah, little rundown. As soon as I landed, I did Wendy Williams on Monday, and then I flew back and went to Vegas for a day as soon as I got back, and then I had three auditions. So I was run down, and that weekend- Were you feeling sick already? No. Just no, tired? Just tired. Tired. But, I mean, we're always tired, really. Right. You the know? road. The road gets you. Yeah, and, and I, was, I was moving all the time, and very stressful. You know, you're, you're trying to perform- you're trying to learn lines for an audition. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was very stressed out. I was traveling a lot. And that was like my third weekend in a row. So Are it you was. getting sleep? Much sleep or not? Yeah, I, I get great sleep. But, you know, with two kids, like they're both at the age where, you know, right. you have to have both eyes on them. Do you ever um, wear a sleep monitoring device or anything that. I have, but I. Like it, a whoop strap? No, I, I've never worn that. But I get eight to nine hours of sleep. Every night. Like I'm a great sleeper. Okay. Like I sleep through anything. Okay. So it wasn't a sleep thing. I was just I was just tired, overworked maybe. But Saturday that Saturday, I didn't feel right. My temperature went up to like 101. This is you flew to New York what day? Uh it was I performed I was there Wednesday, which would have been I'm guessing at dates May 4th. I mean, yeah, March 4th. March 4th. I performed the sixth and seventh. Stayed the eighth, did Wendy Williams on the ninth, flew back on that Monday, went to Vegas Tuesday morning, came back that same day. Then what'd you do in Vegas besides heroin? <laughs> I, we were, you know, we I'm visiting her parents, my oh, wife's okay, parents, okay. with the kids, and then but so it no was partying. no party. It was drive in and drive out. Okay, but that's exhausting. That's, that's exhausting. Ten hours on the road. Yeah, and then dealing with two kids in a car. And then the three auditions, and then that Saturday, I didn't feel right. And this is, you got to remember, when I performed in New York, there's only 11 deaths, and it was like 3,000 cases. Mm -hmm. That's how much this thing has changed. But Saturday, I didn't feel right. 101, it went. I said, I should isolate myself. Because I in New York, that's all you heard about. So I was like, let me just be safe and isolate so myself. So let's let's break this down. So you mm -hmm. leave Wednesday, you go to New York, mm -hmm. you do a couple of different TV things, yep. then you do the weekend at Gotham, mm -hmm. and then you fly home, and then you go to Vegas on Tuesday, and then you drive home on Wednesday. Drive back Tuesday night. Tuesday. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So in and out in one day? In and out in one day. Oh. And then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday audition. Then Saturday, I was like, oh. Okay, I, this is my rest day, and then I woke up, and something just didn't feel right. Mm. So I was going, okay, it's probably the road. You know, I, what, I'm stressed, road. So it's about, during the day, I hang out, I isolate myself, but I'm between 100 and 101. Second day, I'm like 101, 102. But I'm still like, look, I'm going to beat this thing. They say stay at home, because at that time, they mm -hmm. said if you have symptoms, stay at home, because they're taking the more serious cases. Right. So the Sunday, Sunday came around, I kind of went down a little. I was taking aspirin, a lot of aspirin, because one doctor at the time said take it every four hours. 
And I was also taking um, aspirin and something else to bring your temperature down. I forgot what it was. But, oh, um, aspirin and... Well, you said when you started taking ibuprofen, that's when it fucked you up. That's when I felt it did. So Sunday, I started getting this massive headache. So that's when I really started popping the aspirin. Three every three hours. But aspirin or ibuprofen? Uh, It was ibuprofen. There's a big difference between aspirin and ibuprofen. Ibuprofen is a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory. Okay, well, okay, I was taking, I was taking Advil, whatever yes, Advil. that is a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory. Okay. Th- this is what I keep hearing, and I don't know if this has been substantiated, that you shouldn't take um, ibuprofen while you have this. Okay, for well. For whatever reason. I don't know what that is. I don't know. I don't know if that's been discredited or is that, is yeah, that I don't real? Know either. I don't know either. So I, I was taking a lot of Advil. Okay. A lot of Advil and uh, Tylenol. To bring the fever down. So I got it down on Sunday, but then I had a massive headache. So then they said, well, your temperature's going down. This was our doctor friend. Your temperature's going down. Just hit the Advil. So I hit the Advil. Monday at noon, I couldn't breathe. Like gasping for air. And my wife had to call 911 to the house to come get me. So I'm gasping for air. 911 shows up. They bring me outside. They throw me on this huge, this oxygen machine right away. They're like what, we, what kind of an oxygen? A ventilator? I, uh, not a ventilator. No, just a just a normal oxygen machine. They say we got to get oxygen in you. Okay. And it, it's almost like a movie. I'm the neighbors are all out. Ambulance is overlooking me. You know the ambulance is there. All the neighbors are looking. I can't breathe. My son is in the window. This is the worst. My son is in the window. He doesn't know what's going on, but he knows it's not good. And he's only three, and he's crying. Uh, and I'm watching him cry. And I can't do anything. I can't breathe. And literally when they picked me up to carry me to the ambulance because they needed to get me to the hospital right away, it was the whole window thing. He put his hand up. Oh, oh, Jesus. It, 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 it really hurt me really bad. So I get into the ambulance and they take me. As soon as I get to the hospital, the doctor goes, you got corona. So they take. The How, fir- but did they do a test or did he yes, just Yes. The first thing they do is they do a chest x-ray. Mm-hmm. And they go, oh, you got double pneumonia and corona. What's double pneumonia? When it's on in both lungs. Okay. So double pneumonia and you have corona, we believe. But we got to test you. So they, you know, swabbed me and stuff. Mm-hmm. But they took all the precautions like I had corona. I was the first corona patient at this hospital. This is how early it was. You know, so um, they took me to ICU uh, and the doctor came in and I go, hey, this is escalating real qu-. And I still can't breathe. I go, am I going to make it? And he goes, we'll know in two days. It's going to go really good or really bad. And we'll know in two days. And every nurse or doctor that came in, when they can't tell you if you're going to make it or not, you know, they try to comfort you, but they can't really say you're going to make it. And it, and I was in the worst pain I've ever felt in my life, too. Where? Head. I mean... Just think about the worst migraine you've ever had times 100. My body was hot and cold. It would get so hot. My temperature got up to 103.8. And they had to bring it down. And then it would go up to 103.8 again. Uh, I couldn't move. My body was aching. Literally, the second night I was there, and I, and, and I know this is the wrong thing to think, but if they had a eject button on life, I may have hit it. I was in that much pain. Like that, I couldn't even think clearly. It, 
I, I can't put into words how bad it was for me. So your head, your body, everything. 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 Where you just want it to be over. Wow. It's either you're going to make it, you're like, and it was so bad where you want to think about your family, but I was in so much pain. You know, I thought about them, but it was, I can't make it. This is, this is the end, and I can't see my family because they already told me that no one can come into the hospital. And I'm texting my wife, lying to her, saying, hey, babe, I'm going to make it through. I'm going to make it through where I'm talking to my parents going, this may not go well. You know, and my parents, the first thing I texted my parents is I'm scared. I've never texted them something like that. And they knew how serious it was. And I, I said, look, Claire's my wife, Claire, is at home with the two kids. I can't let her worry about this. You know, she was already stressed out enough. She saw enough. You know, so I'm in there and the doctor says that no one can come see you. So I'm going, if these are the last two days of my life, I'm going to die alone in this hospital. And, and it just broke me up so bad that, you know, I've taken care of myself. I've done everything I can, you know, to take care of myself. And why am I lying in this bed right now? You know, and it was a thing where when I did think about my wife, it was, I will never see my wife and two kids again. You know, that, that's all that went through my mind is like, I, it, did they put you on a ventilator? No. My doctor saved my life. My doctor said, if we put you on a ventilator, he said that, he says, because a nurse brought it up, should we put him on a ventilator? And he goes, no way. If we put him on a ventilator, he's going to die because his body is going to say, okay, this machine is breathing for us. We don't need to work anymore. And your body shuts down. If you heard in New York, 80% of the people put on ventilators die. And that's why you think? I think that's why I survived. I've heard that. I've, I've heard that being speculated by other doctors as well, and it's very controversial because so many doctors put people on ventilators, and the last thing they want to hear is another doctor saying, you put someone on a ventilator, they'll die. But your well, doctor that, my said doctor that. said that straight up in the room wow. in front of me Holy to the shit. nurses. Like, if we put him on it, he's going to die. Because his thing was, it just makes sense why he would. Because now this machine is going to breathe for him, so his body's not going to... It's like working out. You don't work out a muscle, it gets weak. Right. This machine is doing all your lifting. So why would we want to put them on that? Unless it's, it's just we have to put them on it, you know? But you've heard doctors were putting on people so fast because their oxygen levels were so low. Right. They're like, this, isn't, this is not normal. So we need to do something to get their oxygen level up. I think doctors are like everything else, right? There's really good ones, then there's ones that aren't as good. No. It's true. With everything else, with everything, carpenters, plumbers, everything. Every, and, everything. And it's really, I look back, I'm still, now I've become very close to him. And the dude saved my life. Because if I went on a ventilator, bro, I, don't, I may not be here. Because and when that was you so, go on a ventilator, they, they kind of knock you out. You out. Yeah, yeah, you're unconscious. Literally, that machine is doing all your breathing. Whew. So what did they give you? What kind of medication did they give you while you were out? While you I'm, were I'm healthy. Don't drink. Don't do drugs. I was the perfect test subject. Maybe that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> your body's not used to fighting all bullshit. Right? <laughs> Maybe if you're a guy who partied all the time, your body's like, well, we know how to recover. Right? This it, motherfucker went on a bender. Listen to this. I gave it to my mom. Oh, no. Okay, so she gets home. She didn't tell me why I was in the hospital. 
She beat it in one day, and she talks shit to me now. Oh, see, I beat it in one day. I have one fever. <laughs> <laughs> you take eight days in ICU, you know. And then she tells me, "Oh, it's because you're too healthy. You need carbs." <laughs> you need carbs. That's hilarious. now she's a doctor. Now she's a doctor. But I gave it to my mom. She beat it in one day. But well, she probably wasn't run down. No, dude, run down is the thing, man. You know, look, I'm a guy. I take a lot of vitamins. I work out a lot. I get in the sauna every day. But I, I just flew back from Florida. Right? I saw flew you. to Florida and came back. Yesterday, I felt like dog shit. And just from the flight, man. Just from the, and it's one day. So um, I scheduled an IV vitamin drip. I had the vitamin drip people yeah. come to my house, hit me with glutathione, zinc, vitamin C, everything. And uh, I felt better almost immediately. Yeah, you got to take care of yourself. And you got but, to. Yeah. How... I don't want to get off me, but like, how how was that spacing at this venue for you during the fight? Because because it sounded like y'all were next to each other, and then I heard like a, in a story y'all were separated. We were about as far as uh, Jamie is about as far as John Anik was, and then DC was like a little further than that because there was a separation. There was a uh, like the octagon post, and so for him to get a better angle, he couldn't be sitting right in front of the post. So they moved his table like another. He was probably. 15, 20 feet from me, somewhere around that. Where people, do you feel weird. that? I feel like fighters, you know, fighters are tough, mm -hmm. you know, and I feel like the audience is tough too, and the people associated with it is tough. Did they move around freely, or was it really like, oh, I need to stay away from well, you? Well, here's the deal everyone was tested. Everyone. Okay. In fact, one guy tested positive. He was asymptomatic, Jacare Souza, who was on the card. Yep. And uh, he had an inkling that he might test positive because he had a family member that had it. Um, and he was super healthy, ready to fight, but had it in his system. And so they removed him from the card, and he had been wearing a mask and gloves the entire time he was there. And um, everyone else had wristbands on. The wristbands showed that you'd been tested. They had uh, temperature monitors. They had all these different things. But everybody had been tested thoroughly, tested for antibodies, tested for the swab. I got the swab up the nose. I got everything done. So, uh, and then when I got home, I immediately got swabbed again. I got a swab yesterday, and then I got the vitamin drip and everything like that. Oh, but, wow. But um, I didn't get much sleep Saturday night because I was flying back 8 o'clock in the morning. Fights were done. I was back in my hotel around 2.30. So I crashed, uh, woke up early, got to the airport, took off, landed, um, and then just kind of took it easy yesterday. But... Until I got the vitamin drip, I was dragging. I was, I was feeling, but and that's what happens when you fly. And you had flown a couple of times in yeah. a short period of time, and then that drive to Vegas, all that stuff. You have to think of your immune system like troops. You know, you really do. If there's a battle to be fought, you're, you're. Look, if your body was like your mom's, where you, you know, you had a good night's sleep every night, no traveling, you can fight off a lot more shit. But when you do those trips. Especially, this is one thing that I'm getting out of this quarantine, is, man, I feel so much better when I don't travel. Oh, yeah. yeah. So much better. When I wasn't dying, I, f I feel great now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel great now. I feel great now. Yeah, rest is a big thing. It's everything. Man. It's everything. It's everything. And, you know, I'm going to change my uh, travel schedule in the future. Because even this trip, this trip, I wanted to just get in and get the fuck out of Florida and get back home and and, you know. But then after I did it, I was like, it would have been wiser if I left at like 6 p.m. or something like that. Like Just kind of chill out. Give myself plenty of time to sleep, sleep so I'm fully recovered, and then, you know, have some breakfast, then go to the airport, you know, take a 3 p.m. flight or some shit. How was it 
with nobody in there. Did you enjoy the experience? Well, I wanted to do it because I've never done that before. And I watched the one card from Brazil. They had uh, Kevin Lee versus uh, Charles Oliveira fought in Brazil. And uh, I watched it on TV and I was like, God, that's so strange. Because like uh, Gilbert Burns, he, uh, he knocked out Damian Maya, and then he, he yells out, uh, Poha, you know, like the, the something Brazilian said. <laughs> and uh, he yells out, Poha! And you hear it like echo in this empty arena. And while I was watching, I'm like, that's so strange. He's screaming, and there's no one there. There's no, no audience reaction. I'm like, wow. So I, I decided, to, like, I got to do one. So when Dana White asked me if I wanted to do it, I was like, yeah, 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 I want to do one. I definitely want to do one. Do you one. feel like the fighters were listening to y'all? They 100% were. They they made adjustments because things that DC said. So Cormier, you know, we're all right. So y'all were that re- that close. Oh yeah, we're oh, right. Wow. We're at the octagon. Okay. Okay. We're still at the octagon. We're right in front of the octagon. Okay. Like I could reach up and touch the the octagon. Um. So when well, it's actually a little bit further than we usually are, but still empty close arena. Enough. Like like where that wall is. That's oh, okay. that's where the octagon is. Uh-huh. Pretty close. Um, and you know, DC's giving them points. He's like, like pointers. He's saying, you know, he's got to check those leg kicks and like, oh, yeah. see guys <laughs> making adjustments. Like he was talking about, uh, Carlos Barza and Carlos Barza backstage gave DC credit for like what, what the advice that he was saying in the commentary was the adjustments that she'd made. That's great. Yeah, it was weird, you know? I loved watching. Like, I, I watched the prelims, uh, but I loved it because you could hear everything. Because mm-hmm. normally it's so loud. Yeah. But when somebody hits somebody, mm-hmm. it's a, in the face. You could hear it, but especially to the body. Yeah. Oh, my. It was like a thump. Yeah. And then you hear the other person. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I'm, it, it, it changed the game for me mm-hmm. on UFC where you. I think a lot of people appreciate it more. With not having a crowd yell, where you really get to feel the pain, mm-hmm. because when it's loud, you don't right. you, you see somebody fall, but you don't really oh, okay. It's not, but when you hear it, yeah, oh, there's different things going on, right? It's like there's the energy of the crowd that that's a factor, that's a real thing. Like there's something magical about a wild finish in front of a packed house at the T-Mobile Arena. Like, oh yeah, ah, everybody's screaming and cheering like, wow. Or like when Conor McGregor walks to the octagon and everybody's going crazy. Like, There's something to that. It's valuable. But there's also something to just the spectacle of Tony Ferguson and Justin Gaethje just going at it. I mean, like wild five-round slugfest with no audience. Just Do you think that fight would have been different if a crowd was there? No. No. No, I don't think so. Maybe, but I don't think so. It's possible. I think Justin had a game plan, and he he executed it brilliantly. And I think Ferguson, I mean, he's always going to be Tony Ferguson. He's one of the toughest men that's ever walked the face of the earth. But I think he was preparing for a grappler. You know, he's preparing for uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov, and that fight didn't take place. It was supposed to take place in April. So he had been comp- training for Khabib. By the way, this is the fifth time that fight was canceled. The mm. fifth time the fight with Tony and Khabib was canceled. So Tony's been training for Khabib for fucking years, right? So he's ready for this elite grappler, takes everybody down, smashes him. He's trying to, he's thinking of cutting him from the bottom. He's thinking of submitting him and scrambling and getting leg locks and all these different things that he's thinking of. And then he's fighting an all-American wrestler who does not want to go to the ground and who has nasty striking. So it's a totally different game plan, and he has to make an adjustment over a period of just a few weeks. And so Justin's fight is, I mean, Justin always fights the same way. So Justin's adjustments weren't nearly as big as Tony's. Tony had to make some, some big adjustments. But Justin just fought a masterpiece. 
the way he fought was just magnificent. And he listened to his coaches so well. There's a point during the fight where Trevor Whitman is telling him, you're hitting him too hard. You're swinging for the bleachers. He goes, just take about 10% off your punches. Hit him with good, clean shots. And he immediately made that adjustment. And then his cardio leveled out because he was getting tired towards the end of the second. And because he was just throwing just bombs. Every, mm -hmm. sh every shot he was trying to take Tony Ferguson's head off. But you can't knock Tony out with one shot. He's inhumanly tough. Inhumanly tough. So Justin backs it off a little bit and just is throwing clean shots and then winds up just dominating him and then, then they stop it in the fifth round. What's the one thing you learned? Like, like, was there something you took away from this experience that like, you didn't take away from any other it fight? It was interesting. It was interesting. I felt very, very fortunate to be there. I'm like, out of all the people that could be here to watch one of the greatest fights of all time, I felt super fortunate that I was one of those people that got to be there. I felt like real fortunate for that. Like everything about it, I was like, I was like, taken in the moment and and just like really cherishing it. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Like, not a, not a lot of people get to do this. Not a lot of people get to experience this. Not a lot of people get to do commentary for the UFC. Period. But to do commentary for championship fights in this arena where there's no one there. So we're in a fifteen thousand seat arena and there's maybe ten people in the audience. So why do they need an arena that big? We were talking about that. We're yeah, like, why, why can't we do this? In the, we could have done this in the hotel. Yeah, we could have got a conference room and set up an octagon in there. Like literally. Yeah, I was wondering that. why they did that. But is it a spectacle of having a big arena just to say you did it? I think there's something to that to let everybody know, hey, these these are strange, strange times. You know, we're in the middle of this uh, health crisis, and so this is the response to this health crisis. We're going to do this shit in this arena. But it, would you do it again? Because you said you wanted to do one, but it seemed like you didn't you didn't mind it so I, I enjoy well um i mean i love calling fights and um i think as long as i take the right precautions i'm tested a lot and i'm uh keeping my immune system in check and making sure that i don't do anything that wears me out and i did kind of fuck that up by flying home with just a few hours sleep on saturday but i took care of myself on sunday and just hung around with the family and we you know didn't do much, just went on a hike and hung out and enjoyed the, the summer and enjoyed the, the weather, rather. It's beautiful weather out here right now. It's not quite summer yet, but spring. But uh, I think as long as you do that, I think you can be okay. I think when you put yourself in a position like yourself, uh, when you wore yourself out, or if you have a compromised immune system, this is my thought, and this is from talking to numerous doctors, including my own personal doctor, who's... Um, very critical. My, my personal doctor is very critical about the way we're handling this this crisis. What's he say? What he says the mo the most important thing is education on how to keep your immune system healthy. He's like, this is something that you're not hearing. Everything is social distancing. Everything is cover your mouth. Everything is use hand sanitizer. He goes, that's wonderful. He goes, that's all good stuff. But we need education on how to keep your immune system strong. We need education on to, I have Dr. Rhonda Patrick coming in later this week to try to uh, school people on what the actual clinical tests, the actual uh, real knowledge, like what we really understand about the immune system and supplementation and heat shock proteins, cold shock proteins, all the different various methods that we know are actually legitimately provably effective i think it's interesting how all these different facts are coming out because when i was at the beginning of it but i've heard from so many after i went through this and big shout out to your fan base 
because they reached out to me and showed me so much love when I was in the hospital and I just got out. And that means so much to me That's awesome. when they reached out and it was, it was really all love. Uh, but so many doctors reached out to me too and said, there's so much misinformation out there. And I texted you about one that people should know about when people get out of the hospital with Corona, like you, there's no magical time. They're saying 14 days. Literally, when I got out the hospital, I was in the hospital for eight days. Uh, the last three days, I didn't have a fever, so they let me go. They said seven days, six days after that, I would be fine. But another doctor told me, look, after you're cleared, after 14 days, people still have corona. They're, they're taking the chance that it's not contagious. And that's why hospitals don't test people. And he said that this is why hospitals don't test people before they let them go. Is because they know they still got corona, but hopefully it's not contagious. So that's why they never test. Because if they did, that means people got to stay there two to three weeks longer. And that's the real reason. He says we would never test. Can you imagine when New York was going through that like really bad? I mean, they're still going through it. But when it was at its peak, yeah. if they tested everybody that left, most of those people would still have corona. So that would back up the system even more. Mm. And then insurance has to pay for an extra three weeks. So I learned that. I learned that my other doctor said this whole uh, pre-existing conditions is bullshit. He goes, you came in. He says, this is how much bullshit it is. You came in. If I would have died in the hospital, they would have said my pre-existing pre, uh, condition was migraines. They would have gone down. As, he right, said they but there do. are some pre-existing conditions that weaken your immune system, like obesity, diabetes. There's a bunch of them that they're saying in New York are the primary factors of the well, people that wind up having a really hard time with this. Well, he's saying, though, they're using that pre-existing conditions, and mm -hmm. I say it in quotes, to let healthy or other people almost like, oh, well, if you don't have this pre-existing condition, you're going to be fine. But it's not true. He's like, mm -hmm. they're using it to calm people down. He goes, it's not true at all. He says, I see people that are fine, just like you, Mike. I see people that do have pre-existing conditions. I, I see the whole gamut. It's not just people with pre-existing conditions, but they're finding those people and highlighting those. And he's even at, they're even adding deaths to that pre-existing conditions total because they, they need what some. What do you mean deaths to the pre-existing? For example, like mine. If my pre-existing condition, he said, if I were to die in that hospital, he mm -hmm. says, oh, well, he had migraines in his past. So they would have put that down as a pre-existing condition. Well, how often do you get migraines? I mean, ever since I was a kid, but... Really? Well, I, you got, I played college football uh, oh. for University of Arkansas. Right. Uh, I got so many concussions, I couldn't play anymore. So, And this was before the whole concussion right. thing. So my mom made me quit. She was like, you're not playing anymore. So it, it was a thing where... But it wasn't a condition. I have them once every... I'll have one every five, six months, maybe. But he says, what you come in with, since I had migraines, and mm -hmm. they didn't know my history of migraines, right. but he goes, we would have had to say that was a pre-existing condition. I haven't heard that pre-existing condition being migraines, but I, I have heard diabetes is a giant factor, obesity is a giant factor, emphysema, people mm -hmm. smoke cigarettes. But then there was an article recently, something... I got super suspicious, and I didn't even read the article. It was an article that said that uh, nicotine may help people with coronavirus, and I was like, that's the fucking cigarette industry. <laughs> right. Did you it ever is. see the documentary Merchants of Doubt? No. It's a great documentary. What's it about? It's about people that are hired to go on shows 
and put doubt into people's minds about certain things that would benefit an industry. So these guys, they originally started out the same. The documentary shows the same people would go on these talk shows to talk about cigarettes. Marble. Cigarettes yeah. are not addictive. Mm -hmm. This is this is not the Marble Man guy. These oh. are people that are. They're posing like experts, and they're on these, you know, those stupid fucking uh, talk shows on CNN and stuff where you have three windows, and then there's like Anderson Cooper, and there's a person to his left and a person to his right, and the guy on the right is like, cigarettes are not addictive, it's been proven, you know, you blah, 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 and he's good, just rattling it off. And then you see that same guy later in the documentary, many years later, talking about climate change. It's the same thing. Talking about climate change is a myth. It's just a natural cycle of the earth. Human beings have nothing to do with it. And it's li literally the same but, human being doing the same thing. But we see that in politics. It's all spin. Right, but it, this, is, this is what I'm saying when I read something about yeah. nicotine being good for people that have the coronavirus. I'm like, come on, cigarette industry. Yeah, Are you motherfuckers involved in this? It's like, well, who's running tests on, well, let's, let's try morphine. You know, let's just let's Dude. let's see how heroin works on these people. What about coke? You know, give you, them cocaine. You know what's crazy about morphine is my migraine was so bad in the hospital. They came in and they go, "We're going to give you morphine and we'll knock it right out." While you had corona? Yes. Oh jeez. So, like I said, they gave me everything, dude. Like they I was gave you morphine while you had corona. So they gave it to me to get rid because my head was so bad. I, so it the, really felt like it I was accentuated your migraines. So mm -hmm. the, the coronavirus accentuated those migraines. It was so bad, Joe. Okay, I, I can't even put it into words. So when you're talking about the pain that you had, you had body pain and then your migraines on top of that. Yes. So you're just in agony. And hot, cold, like everything. So they gave me morphine. They go, this knocks out any headache. It worked for five seconds. Five seconds. Five seconds. And they looked at me and they go, how you feel now? I was like, terrible. It feels the same. Then oh about two hours later, they came back and gave me more because I, I think they only can do it. Every two hours, and then you so, see elves. <laughs> no, see any elves? No, but I got I got really hot. I got really hot. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Wow. So they had to stop giving it to me. I'm watching. This is how this is how I was a test subject, and I don't mind because I, I'm living. But uh, hydroxychloroquine that was big at the mm -hmm. time. Yeah, I'm watching this on the news. Literally. The president says try hydroxychloroquine. All the doctors are yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. They come in with it. Well, they go, you're in bed. I'm in bed. This is my first day. They come in with it. I'm watching news, and they're talking about it. They come in, and it's like, oh, what are you giving me? Oh, hydroxychloroquine. So they give it to me. Then two hours later, they come in, and I go, what are you giving me? Oh, the HIV drug. So now they put two drugs in me, and then they're pumping all kinds of shit in me. I don't even know what they're giving so me. So they're trying things. They're trying things on me. Because they don't know. They don't know. That's what's so crazy, right? This is not like pneumonia, where people have had it for 100 years or 1,000 years. They don't know. This is a new thing. So a day and a half goes by. I'm in probably worse pain. They take me off of hydroxychloroquine. And I go, this is after, um, like weeks after I got out of the hospital. I go, why'd you take me off? He goes, where your body was at that time, it, it couldn't handle it. It was not a good fit. So we had to take you off. So I must have got worse overnight. And I'm just guessing here. But they must have saw something get worse. My lungs were still filling up with fluid. Um, so they kept me on the HIV drug and whatever else they were given to me, but it was, it's like, I still have fluid in my lungs. They said it would take 12 still? weeks. I, yeah, yeah. They said, how many I'm, weeks have you been out now? Eight. Wow. And I'm so weak. Literally. I just, they just approved. I am like 
they just approved me to start working out last week. So I did my first Lift Society class online, and I could, like, usually I could do, like, 10 to 15 pull-ups each set. I could do two. Two pull-ups. And I'm just weak. Like, I still get winded. Like, when I talk a lot, I'll get winded, and I'll just have to catch my breath. Wow, like an old man. I'm telling you. Wow. Like, it, for me, people with it real bad. It's just not, oh, you're over it, and you can move on. You got to build back into it. It's like rebuilding your body. Jesus. In your mind, you know. Did they um, recommend anything as far as supplements or any, anything along those no, lines? No, nothing. He he says it's just rest. Well, he's basically done his job, right? It's like, yeah. motherfucker, you're alive. <laughs> Figure the shit out on your own. Right? Go get strong. And literally, I was the first person there. And then by the time I left, eight days later, that place was filled with people. That's how fast it happened. Wow. That's how fast it happened. And I saw people, like, tapping out. You know, I didn't see it, but I saw, you know, the bodies past the line. And I'm like, wow. How many people died while you were there? I saw one. And that's when it really hit me that. And I, I got close to a nurse. I go, did they get to see it? He goes, no. They died in there alone. They, they tried to FaceTime. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oof. Oof. Yeah. And then, like, you see the stories, walkie-talkies. They're, they're talking about walkie-talkies. They're talking about phone. They're talking, trying to FaceTime. Like, I don't care if I like you or, or if I like you. Like, that's no way to die by no. yourself. No. You know, not, not today. No. And it's a thing where I just want people to know, look, they're opening up the country. And I get it. I get the other side, too. That's, that's why, you know, I get that people got to work. I, people got to get their lives back, you know, but you need to be safe. You need to be safe because it's a thing like if, if President Trump said, comes out and goes, hey, we're going to do herd immunity, you know, you're prepared for that. But right now we don't know what to expect. We've gone from 60,000 deaths. Now they're saying it's going to be 137,000. Like what's going on? You know, we only know what they tell us, mm -hmm. you know, but I'm finding out there's so much more stuff we don't know because they don't know. Right. Now you're finding out that kids, like a, a very small amount of kids, are getting it, you know? And yeah. I don't understand the whole thing about just not being careful or safe because it's not about you. It's about other people. Like these, like the whole thing about, well, you know, a lot of blacks and Hispanics are getting it, you know? Yeah, because they're working at all these essential jobs. They're at your grocery stores. They're, they're, they're doing the jobs that a lot of people don't do. Well, anybody that's... In poverty in, as well, yeah. with, you, you're working those essential jobs, but on top of that, you're probably not eating well. Exactly. Yeah, that's a that's a real problem. It goes hand in hand. Oh yeah. You know, like their their whole thing. Like if you can get a whole meal, two burgers and two fries and two cokes for three ninety nine, right. it's a problem with that food. Yeah. You right, know. Right. Good point. <laughs> like it's it's making you sick. Yeah. Good you know? point. But that's all you can afford. Right. You know. Yeah, it is crazy that. The cheapest food is the worst for you and the most fattening. But that's the one that you go to because yeah. you can't afford anything yeah. else. Yeah. yeah, you know, you know, and then you're getting, you know, I, I'm getting stories about, you know, like I have a bunch of Asian friends and they're getting bullied. Like it's, it, it's so terrible. Like Ugh. there was a story in Texas, a dude stabbed a guy and his two kids. Two and six. What? Yes, it happened a couple he months ago. He stabbed a two-year-old? 
two-year-old, six-year-old, and the and the guy because he thought they were Chinese. Like Wait, this was in, Texas? in Texas at a Sam's Wholesale Club. What? Yes, it's people are going nuts over this thing. You know, like we're all in this together, but you don't need to take it just because even if he was Chinese, like he's an American probably, you know, he didn't bring it over here. Even if he was Chinese from China, China yeah. he's not the person who made the fucking disease. That, that's like and me. And a two-year-old and a six-year-old? Yeah, a two-year-old and a six-year-old. Like, I just feel like this whole time right now is giving people, and it's a very small group of people yeah you know and that's why i hate when certain people go white people like no 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 it's a very small number of white people doing it i hate when people generalize a group like even the whole michigan thing it's an open carry state they showed up at this lady's office mm. you know the governor's were, the governor's office yeah. they were carrying the rifles they were protesting mm-hmm. which they had every right to and people go I'll hear people or you see it at social media. Well, these white people, do, no, 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 no. There's 356 million people in the United States. Is there that many now? Isn't it? I believe so. Jesus Christ. I believe so. There's only 700 people there. Yeah. You know, and probably a third of them just wanted to protest to get their jobs back, just to go back to work. Yeah. So you can't generalize people and you can't hate on people because of where they're from. Well, you can hate on people that are so fucking dumb they bring guns to the governor's house. Like, what? That is ridiculous. Like, what are you doing? I agree. Are you trying to take over the governor? Like, what are you doing? Like, why are you bringing guns? Are you expecting a war? Are you going hunting? Like, what are you doing? Why are you bringing fucking guns? That's that's some weird shit when people do that, when they, they protest with, like, fucking Kalishnikovs and shit. Like, what are you doing? Like, why do you have a rifle? There was a guy. It was a clip I saw. A guy was like, a white guy to a white guy was like, hey, I want my job back too, but why the gun? Yeah. And the guy was like, uh, it just walked away. It doesn't make, if you're protesting. Well, that's the thing about the Second Amendment, and I, I'm a pro-Second Amendment man. I believe in it. I think it's important. But there's a lot of dumb motherfuckers out there. There's a lot of dumb, dumb motherfuckers out there. And they get to have guns too. I mean, I support that in a lot of ways. I have to support that if I support the Second Amendment. But at a certain point in time, you got to go, why the fuck are you bringing a gun to Sam's Club? Why do, why do you have a fucking AK around your waist when you're walking through the aisles looking for toilet paper? Like, what are you doing? It's, it's, it's amazing how, but, but let's be honest, they're giving a pass. You got a, you got a USA pass right now to act like that. Because it, they're- sort of. Well, no, I mean you do because you it's well because the president's like those are fine people, you know. Is like, that what he's saying though? Yeah. When is he saying that? He said that the other day. He goes, "Those are good people that were protesting with the guns." With the guns, those are good people. It's just it's a stupid thing to protest with guns. Like, look, one of the nice things about this country is that we can protest. Absolutely, that's a nice thing. It's beautiful. It's important. This is one of the things that's been infringed upon by this whole lockdown thing where people, you know, they're being told they're, they're not allowed to assemble. It's a gigantic part of who we are, the ability to assemble, the ability to protest. But I don't think that's just what they're doing. When you're showing up with guns, you're letting them know that you're ready to take over. You're ready to do something. You might shoot somebody. You know, you might, if you're threatened, you might use these guns. It's like, okay, if... 
if if we're in that you're escalating way past where we're at you know if you if you're in a situation where someone's saying hey your family has to starve to death hey you have to stay home hey i don't give a fuck about you okay then i understand why you want to show that you have guns and you get to get a bunch of people together and go hey we need to stay alive here and we are our rights are being infringed upon but that's not what's going on. But if you go back to the backstory, you find out. Like I, I, I don't know all the facts, but I know these people that showed up to this rally, they didn't put on that rally. It was by another organization through mm. through Facebook or through some social media outlet that put it together. And they told you people and, to bring their guns. And no, they just told people to protest to show up. To show up. So see, we're all the they're, they're we're all pawns in this right. at, at some point to this political game. So. How can you make, this is what's amazing to me, how we're in a place where they can put wearing a mask and make that political. Yeah. Like, that's where we are today. 80,000 deaths, and now it's political if you wear a mask. I don't understand. What do you mean it's political if you wear a mask? Well, I mean, mean most of the people that don't wear a mask are these, oh, I'm a Trumper. Like, this is what we're seeing on TV. What I'm saying is what we're being shown on TV. Mm-hmm. And that's where most of the people get their information. You yeah. know, like from the news or, oh, so these people are not wearing their mask. Oh, they got to be they got to be Republican, not wearing a mask. Oh, we need more testing. If you hear we need more testing, oh, they must be liberal. Yeah, They want to test. Like, we've made a, a disease that's killing thousands, thousands, 80,000 and could be up way over 120,000 political instead of it being about hey let's all get through this now it's political well we do that with everything we do yeah and that's a problem well we like to i mean that's one of the problems with having just two parties in this country and having liberal and conservative which is crazy because there's a lot of people myself included that float in between both of those i do but too i'm very liberal but i'm also very pro gun Mm-hmm. And I, I like things. But can why go can't sideways. you be liberal and pro gun? Like you can why? be, and I am. But I don't understand why. Like, if a Democrat says something nice about a Republican, oh, he's not mm-hmm. a Democrat. Exactly. If a Republican says something nice about a Democrat, oh, I agree with what they said. Oh no, you can't be a Republican. Well, if you go on Fox News and you're a liberal, people will shame you and get angry at you for using that platform. And I've seen it even with presidential candidates like Tulsi Gabbard mm-hmm. and even Bernie Sanders. I think that we're in a weird place in this country where. You know, it's easy to adopt a predetermined pattern of behavior, a conglomeration of ideas, whether those ideas be conservative or liberal. And the real problem is these people that adopt these ideas, oftentimes they simp- they, they, they sink into these ideas because they're comfortable. It's easy to get if you like if, say if you decide people in your neighborhood are conservative. I'm going to be conservative too because that's going to make them like me more and I'm going to say the things they want to hear and you know, well, I trust in God. I trust in God too. And they, they you say these things so that people will like you more and then you'll you'll fit in your community better. And it just it's a it's a signal to the people around you that you're complying with the the group ideology. And that is more of that's more of the case than people simply rationally and objectively going over these ideas you know there's there's certain people that decide they don't want gay folks to be married simply because people around them have decided that they don't want gay folks to be married and marriage is supposed to be between a man and a woman and you can't tell me any different and the bible says and this and that and like and i agree and if you agree well that community will accept you but if you are a person who goes hey bob why do you give a fuck 
You know, yeah. if two men are in love with each other, like they clearly they're not pretending. Like I don't care if like obviously I have tattoos everywhere, right? I I don't care if you want to get tattooed. If you want to get tattooed, get tattooed. If you want to be like fucking Takeshi six nine that dipshit and cover your face <laughs> with flowers, I don't care. You do what you want to do. And let's but, let's be honest. Twenty years ago, tattoos that was like oh you're a bad boy or right. like you're some kind of bad person. Right, you're like if some you, crazy sailor or something. Yeah, but some some people will look at other people's choices that don't affect them at all and decide that somehow or another it's an affront to their values like if two men are in love with each other and they decide to get married somehow or another that affects you i don't understand how it affects you any more than i understand someone wearing shorts versus pants affects you or someone driving a red car versus a black car it's nonsense it's not your life if if, if somehow or another people being in a, a man being in love with a man and marrying a man or being with a man and living in, in you know having a relationship if somehow or another that like killed all the trees you know what i'm saying and like uh, caused gas prices to spike <laughs> and <laughs> then you have kill, a case <laughs> yeah, and fucking all of a sudden there was something wrong <laughs> but th that's not the case no so what the fuck do you care so as a person who believes in liberty um i, I feel like you hear all these Republicans that talk about liberty and, you know, I believe in liberty and I believe in that. Well, that's liberty, motherfucker. Yeah. Motherfucker, le letting someone do what they want to do, that's liberty. It's not like gay is a, it's this idea that somehow or another it's not a real thing. Two things on God and religion. Mm -hmm. I think religion is looking really bad right now. You know, if you believe, that's great. But it's looking really bad because you're contradicting yourself all over the Let place. Let me stop you right there. Uh -oh. This is the same as you saying white people. When you say religion is looking really bad, that's the same as saying white people look really bad. It's a giant generalization. You're true. Very true. And I take that back. Some religious people yes. are looking very bad right now. But do you know why? Because they're scared. But how can you look? How are they looking bad? In what way? Well, I'm saying, for instance... God, I hate to make this political because I'm not that dude. I stay away from it. But <laughs> too late. Too late. But Trump, for instance. Okay. Let's look, at his, let's look at his past. Let's look at, there's proof of him lying pretty much every day. So for religious groups to support this man, you're contradicting your whole. Yeah, I think that falls into what we were talking about earlier. This, this political ideology that like he is with us. You know, he is against abortion. He is against certain things. But so, he's actually pro-gay. You know, Donald Trump is... One of the weird things about Trump is before he ran for president, he was universally liked. You know, it was, Oh, rappers used to talk about him in their songs all the, all the time. time? Well, he was always on talk shows, and, you know, he would go on Letterman and shit, and he would even go on those talk shows and, like, talk shit about Rosie O'Donnell, and people thought it was funny. And now it's horrendous. It's like the same things that he has always done... Now, when you're in a position of being the president, you're supposed to be a different person. But you don't feel there's a contradiction with churches right now? Oh, well, certainly with people that are, look, there's a lot. Some churches, of, excuse me, yeah. let me let me rephrase that. Some people at some churches. There's a lot of people that will support values that are contrary to what they supposedly believe in if that aids them politically, if it helps them. First, look, there's a lot of churches that make a lot of money. And then they don't pay taxes. That, to me, is one of the most offensive things about religion. The idea that 
Joel Olstein should have a giant arena and fly around in private jets and live in a castle, live in the mansions, or that what's that other guy? The fucking the the guy? COVID be gone. <laughs> what's that guy's name again? Kenneth Copeland. That motherfucker. That guy has got you know he had he bought Tyler Perry's private jet and shit. He's a baller, right? He's he's a baller for God. The idea that that guy doesn't pay taxes is offensive. And the idea that he, he really acts for God, like there should be not just an investigation, but there should be, we should have a trial. We should have a trial. We, we should figure out, okay, is this a violation of the whole idea behind, if I, I don't, I don't agree with it at all, period. I don't think that churches should be able to be exempt from taxes. If they get services like we do, if they make exorbitant amounts of money, and we know they do, they should have to pay taxes for I, sure. I agree with you 100%. And but, did you but know? It's a, there's real clear evidence that they don't even act in accordance to their own belief system. There's real clear evidence that they don't even, they're not even people that are really acting like a Christian. So they're not even acting in their own religious ideology, and yet they still don't have to pay taxes. I agree with you 100%. And now I was watching TV, and they can. They can get a loan or get this tax exempt where they can they can get money from the government. People aren't coming to the church, but, so they're not getting all that. But free even money. though even though they're not paying taxes anyway, like my wife was like, we were watching TV. She goes, "That's so horrible." A lot of churches are going out of business because my wife is very religious. And I go, "Why don't they use all the money they didn't pay on taxes to stay they afloat?" Bought mansions and that's, private jets. That's they don't what have any I'm money saying. Left over, bro. Bro, leave them alone. <laughs> yeah. They're working for Jesus. He's They're working, hustling yeah. for Jesus. Here's what's interesting to me is my wife, when I made it, everybody reached out and they go, oh, God had your back. And the first thing I thought was, so you're saying God didn't have everybody, all 80,000 people's back? Like right. that's messed right. up. That is messed up. Yeah. That's messed up. Look, I'm a religious person, but I'm a religious person that asks questions. So why are you a religious person if you're asking questions? How far do you well, take you can, it? Well, you should be able to ask questions. Okay, how far do you take it? You're Christian? Uh, I believe in God. I don't know Christian. Like, I go to a non-denomination church. It's just... Oh, one of them hippie churches. No, it's not hippie. Oh, I get it. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's in Burbank. It's called South Hills. What's oh, up? Oh, Burbank. Of yeah. course it's hippie. It's uh, in Burbank. But I go to a church where, look, they, they don't believe in hate and all that, but it's a thing where I... Certain people say certain things. And when I got all these messages, God had your back. God had your back. Mm. And I'm thinking about the dude I saw rolled out. Yeah. Why didn't God have their back? He jerked off too much. Did he really? That's what I heard. <laughs> I heard he jerked off thinking about guys, too. And oh, God's like, yeah. fuck you. <laughs> No. You're so wrong. <laughs> I, I have mean, no comment on that one. But it's true. It's like, why would God, I mean, why does God let babies die? Why did God let that little kid get stabbed? The little uh, Asian baby, well, the two-year-old kid get stabbed? Here's the question that nobody can answer for me. Is that if God gets all the applause for something great happening, mm -hmm. he should get all the blame for something bad happening. Because obviously, from what I'm told, look, I, I'm not a scholar on the Bible, but... If something great happens, we all praise him. But we never tend to not praise him or say, we never tend to criticize him when a whole plane blows up. Yeah. Or, you know, and that's the, that's the only problem with the religion I have. It, it, well, it's when just, you say you believe in God, where, what does that mean to you when you're saying that? When you say that, does it, do you say that because it makes you feel better? I feel, this is what I feel, is I feel every, every, um, type of tribe before us, the ones that had religion or some type of thing they believed in, mm -hmm. they survived. The ones that didn't, 
they cannibalize each other. I think what religion does is it keeps people afloat and makes them feel like something better is on the other side. And I think it kind of, it's the rule of law. It kind of keeps people on the right track. If nobody had religion, I feel we would cannibalize each other just from the past. We learned from the past. It's the same thing. Like tribes that didn't have anything to believe in, they, they ate each other up. Well, I feel like we live in a completely different world because the interconnectedness that we experience today didn't exist before. So today we have access to information and to the, the vast body of work that people have written about philosophy and ethics and morals. And I think we, we can understand why it's good to be a good person without having to invoke a higher power or some sort of divine spiritual entity that's watching over everything. Before that wasn't the case. Before, when we were establishing civilization and we were moving from primitive groups that live in tribes, which we all came from. Look, if we, mm-hmm. the, the one thing that we have to take into consideration is that we are here because some people did some really violent shit and they made it through because some other people were tr- trying to do some violent shit to them. That, that is why we made it here. We've, we made it here to this day in 2020 because our ancestors were better at violence than the others that's that's really the truth i mean there's no getting around it we we are a warlike race of of beings that have consistently throughout history conquered each other and done awful terrible things to each other and took over land and took over resources and took over cities and took over women i mean this is what what people did that got them to this point Mm -hmm. and whatever we needed to get people to act in a more moral or ethical way, whether it's a higher power or whatever it is, to get people from just stopping, just raping and pillaging their way across the world without any repercussions whatsoever. Whatever that is, I'm all for it. And it was religion. And you could argue, and I think many people probably successfully have, I'm not really aware of it, but I, I would imagine I'm not the first person to bring this up, that religion is in many ways sort of a, a, a natural creation of the human mind and the human psyche to try to move us past our primitive tribal monkey tendencies and move us towards some more cooperative way of existing. Yeah, I think what religion gives order. Some mm-hmm. type of order. And a lot of people don't want to believe it's over when it's over. Well, you know what order exists when you don't have religion? You have the order of might. And that's what you have in China. Okay? In China, you have a, a religion, and the religion is the state. I mean, that's, I mean China, the people have religion over there, but the reality is what's, what's running China is a dictatorship. It's a military dictatorship. And the, the king is the ruler. This is what they look towards. And the, the state is the ruler and the, the law of the state. I mean, they do horrible shit to their people over there. And they do this horrible shit openly in front of everyone. And they still run a billion people. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's just my take on religion, but I also know the other side. Because anytime I support something, I also look at both sides. I'm not just blindly, I know religion has caused more wars than anything as well. I think people have caused more wars. But I think, they're I used, think they religi- use religion as a nice excuse. Okay, you're right. 
people cause wars, but they're using religion yeah. to cause those wars. Well, they're using religion to get, they have in the past used religion to get people to do horrible things. And, you know, this is the art, this is the argument against fundamentalism, you know, that, that it exists. I mean, it existed in Christianity in the past, you know, the Inquisition, you can go throughout the, the history of some horrific things that were done in the name of Christianity, some of the most horrific things ever. But really, it's people doing these things. And if they decide that their religion is, um, is enforcing this uh, behavior, then they, they can justify these things. And you see this. I mean, it's w w what you get with cults when, okay, forget about religion. I mean, we, we can all, whether or not a religion is a cult is, you know, I had a bit about it where, you know, a cult is created by one guy and that guy knows it's bullshit in a religion. <laughs> That guy's dead. Mm. The, 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 yeah. it's, it's like that's the difference. Yeah. So like like the, the remember the people the Heaven's Gate cult? They all mm. wore purple Nikes yep. and they cut yep. their balls off and they're waiting for and they killed themselves when the uh, the asteroid was coming. Mm -hmm. or the the whatever the comet was coming. That is that that was a way where someone used something, this crazy ideology, and got people to do ridiculous shit. And you could say Jonestown was another example of that. That was another cult, and it was a, a where this guy figured out a way to talk these people into poisoning their brothers and sisters and then gunning down federal agents and killing people. And they did it all because he had them convinced that this belief system that he was espousing was, was accurate and correct. What I don't understand... Because, like I said, I'm religious, but I ask a lot of questions, and I don't believe the bullshit. A lot of the bullshit, you know. Well, but what makes you religion then? What religious then? I think I think I just want to believe there's something better, and hopefully, there's something guiding all of us to a better place. After, mm -hmm. I want to believe that. Right. I want to believe that. I want to believe that. You know, if I were to die in that hospital bed, there's something or something, I mean, something or someone looking over my family. Yeah, you know, I, I just want to believe in good. I'm a, Look, I'm all about positivity. I'm all about love. So it's a thing where why not believe in it? Mm -hmm. It's not going to hurt me right. believing in it. And if it does happen at the end, great. If you go to a different place, great. Now, I will ask questions along the way. I will not blindly follow a church or religion. You know, I, I do investigations. I really look at the people that's involved with that church. What I don't understand is the people that blindly fall into these cults or churches that you just talked about. Like, I don't understand how your mind gets to a place where it's like, no matter what they say, I'm down for it. Well, other people would say, people that are more skeptical than yourself or not interested in religion at all, would say, "How? Well, will we take it one step further? Like, why would you believe that? Like, why would you believe that there's some sort of a superpower that you've never seen any evidence of? Some sort of a, a mis, mythical, mystical power that's looking out for everybody. Like, why would you think that when there's no evidence of that? The evidence that we do have is evidence that people in community and in, in, in friendship and love that there's a great benefit to that and that we feel it we experience it like when like i saw you today i gave you a big hug yeah like this love yeah. friendship absolutely that's that's important for us it, it means that's real that means something but it also means something 
because I, I want you to know that if you need me, I'm there. I want you to know mm -hmm. this is what friendship is. That's that's real, you know, but the reality is, is there a God watching? Ever? A doctor got killed by wild dogs yesterday in Georgia. Did you hear about that story? No. Yeah. There's packs of wild dogs. Running through Georgia right now? It's always been an issue um, when people let dogs loose and dogs come feral and they don't have food. They stop being pets and they revert towards more wolf-like behavior. I think it was Georgia. I read it this morning. Um, see if you can, can you find that? I'll send it to you if you don't. I, I certainly have it. I have yeah, no, the, the, the only problem I'm seeing is the doctor was a doctor in Connecticut, I guess. But middle, was it? Well, it says middle Georgia doctor found dead, and then former Connecticut, or CT doctor, I'm sorry, so it's not Connecticut, yeah, sorry. Middle uh, Georgia, yeah. Georgia doctor killed by a pack of wild dogs. You know, I, thought, I saw CT and thought it was CT. Okay. What? It was in, yeah. Yeah. So this lady, um, it was a lady. It's not the first time. I was confusing this with there was a man who was killed by wild dogs in Georgia a couple of years ago. Um, Dr. Nancy Shaw, who uh, was a doctor in Connecticut, and 3 a.m. Thursday, they found her body. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, she was uh, on the wrong side of the road, and um, fuck. The engine was running. The door was open. They got out of the patrol car to investigate, found a female that was deceased. In the ditch, the autopsy confirmed that she died after being attacked by animals. Police confirmed uh, to the station, which gave the uh, further details. Police are trying to find the roaming beasts. Interesting that they phrased it that way, but that's the New York Post. So roaming beasts? So dogs. Well, packs of dogs. You know, wow. that, that is... When you just let dogs loose and they got a... Have you ever had a feral animal? Mm -mm. I had a feral cat once. And uh, a friend of mine and her boyfriend were living in this uh, apartment complex, and there was like this thing where these cats got underneath the building, and they had kittens. And so she rescued the kittens. She goes, "Do you want one of these kittens?" Because she knew I had cats. I was like, "Oh my god, let me let me see." So I went to her house. These little hissing little fucking <laughs> balls of fur. I'm like, "Okay." I'm just laughing at the idea of you having a lot of cats. Yeah, that's funny to me. <laughs> Three cats. I have two now, huh. but I had three at one point in time. So I um, I take this cat in, and it, it, it was crazy, man. It was a little baby cat, but it was like, <laughs> like wild. I mean, fucking wild. Like it thought I was definitely going to kill it and eat it. And then I would pick the cat up, and it would start purring, like immediately, like loud, like, <laughs> like so happy. And then I'd put it down, and it would <laughs> hiss at me again. This poor thing was wild. And that cat was wild to the day it died. I was the only oh, one to touch it. You kept yeah, the cat. I kept him for years. Yeah. Wow. My dog killed him. Yeah, he got he talked some shit to my pit bull. <laughs> my dog was like, "Oh, really? Excuse me? Check this out." <laughs> yeah, cuz he would he would hiss at the dog and and I guess he fucked with the dog one time. The dog's like, "Why is this goddamn thing in the house?" And he kept pissing in the house. So like he would piss in the house. He would he would like especially if he was mad at the dog. He would like piss near where the dog slept. One day that I wasn't home. The dog just took it into his own hands. Where'd you find the cat? Oh, no, no, no. I was home, and he, he killed two cats, that <laughs> dog. Oh, my God. Um, they're both cunty cats that got okay. shitty with him. <laughs> Pitbulls. This, this was in my 20s. I was a, a different man. Uh, but this cat, uh, when I had him, I was the only one that could, could pet him. 
I was the only one that could touch him. I could go up to him. I go, "What's up, bro?" And I could give him a little pet, and then I could pick him up, and he would purr. And but I was the only one. But nobody else, huh? Anybody, anyone else you saw, he's like, "This motherfucker's gonna eat me," and he just ran away from him. Yeah, it was weird. I, man. But anyway, but my point is, I had this other cat that's a rag doll. Like I have two rag dolls now. They're like fluff balls, man. Like you pick them up, they just go limp. Like uh-huh. They're domesticated cats. Like I have a domesticated dog. I have a golden retriever. You haven't met him yet. I, no. Sometimes I bring. I him see. Here. I see the walks. I He's see you the do. best. He's the sweetest. I love him to death. Like I wake up in the morning. I made a video of it because it's so ridiculous. Like how my morning starts. Like he waits for me outside the door of my room. I open the door and I go, bro. I go, what's up? And he just like he runs around in circles. He always grabs a toy. I was to bring a toy over to me. And then I'm petting him. And he's he's always like he's moaning in ecstasy, wagging his tail, runs around in circles. He's domesticated. He's just a love bug. And he's like this with everybody. If if you come over my house, that's what he's gonna do to you. He's gonna go, oh hello. He runs around in circles around you. He wants you to touch him. He'll drop to his belly. He wants uh, drop to his back. Wants you to rub his belly. But that's because he's, of you too, though. You domesticated him like that. Yes, for sure. But he's also a golden retriever. Yeah, like he's super a, nice. There's the, the nicest dogs ever. But he's domesticated. Okay, wild cats are so different than domesticated cats. It's like a different thing, man. It's a, they're so different. Mike, he would hiss at anybody that come near him. Anybody, you come near him, like I had to um, bring him to the veterinarian to get him fixed. When he got he got to a certain point, he was spraying in the house. I'm like this motherfucker, because that's what happens to Trying male, to male cats. Yeah. yeah. So the way I got him, I had to lock me and him in the bathroom together, and then I had to throw. I, I forget it was like a towel or a blanket or a bathrobe. I forget what I threw on him, but I threw because this is it's like a kidnapping, like yeah, yeah, for yeah. real. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is '96. Somewhere around then, okay? <laughs> so I, I throw this fucking blanket on this cat, and then I have to c- grab him and rest him. And then I stuff him in a hamper. And then I take him with a fucking duct-taped hamper to Dr. Craig, um, my uh, my veterinarian. Okay, why didn't you just get rid of the cat? I, I mean, it, him, so- it sounds... I loved him, and I felt like he was like me in a lot of ways. That, you know, he just didn't... Didn't have anybody that looked out for him. Like, he was abandoned. He felt, I felt like, in a lot of ways, like, uh, like I don't know my dad. And mm-hmm. because of that, I have this weird thing about taking care of things, taking care of people. I felt like I was a ban- I, I haven't spoken to my dad since I was seven years old. And I knew him before that. So, like, all my life, I've sort of had this thing like, hey, that can happen. Well, you could be abandoned. And it's one of the reasons why... I've always had this very um, liberal and charitable outlook on things, even though like a lot of people conserve, they'll confuse me with being conservative. I'm not very conservative Mm. with people because I know that things can go wrong with people. I I also know that some people are lazy fucks and they need to go to work. They need to get their ass in gear and stop making fucking excuses. But these are like little mental traps that people have fallen into. And oftentimes they just don't have the right tools. They don't have the right uh, the, the right information to sort of make these corrections and adjustments. So I'm a hard ass in some ways like that. Like some people need to just get their fucking shit together. But I also i am charitable in a way like I don't think they understand 
how to get their shit together. When you see someone who's obese and they're smoking cigarettes, like a lot of that is education and information and just the way their body has, uh, the way their, their life has gone, the, the things that have happened to them outside of their control before they even became a fully formed adult. Just like this poor cat. Yeah. This poor cat didn't ask to be shit out under a fucking apartment building like, and, and then have you know this wild life where it's got to eat rats and shit and try to take care of itself. Well, I also think that even people like me, I, I'll hear inspiring people, and you, it kind of kickstarts you. It kicks you in the ass and say, hey, yeah. you need to get it going. Like I, I told you about David Goggins last time I was here. Yeah. I read his book and, you yeah. know, posted shit on my mirror, you know, and trying to make strides to. But I think I think we all need that. It's not just lazy people, even people that are out there hustling. Oh, yeah. Sometimes you need that. Oh, I need it. I need it you all know? the time. Yeah. I'm, I'm very fortunate to know people like David or uh, my friend Jocko, Jocko Willink, who's very similar as well. Like he's got a video that he put up today. Um, go to go to Jocko's Instagram, and he, he puts these up all the time. He gets up at 4.30 in the morning every day. It seems that's the time. He takes a time. picture of his watch. For him, it's the time. Um, David Hawkins, too. 4.30. Does he get up at 4.30, 4.30 every morning. Stretches for two hours, and then he hits his run. He's an animal. But play, play this. This is Jocko. It's so easy. So easy to Dripping put Dripping with sweat. Off. So easy to say... You're going to do it tomorrow. Well, I want you to reprogram your brain and tell yourself that tomorrow is not a viable option. Tomorrow doesn't work. You do it today. You get it done today. That's what you do. Have a good Monday, y'all. Go get some. Out. That's all you need. You need people like that in the world. I'm going to follow this dude. You should follow that Whoa, dude. Well, who is he? That's Jocko Willink. He's yeah, a, a former Navy SEAL wow. who uh, is one of the most inspirational people that I've ever met in my life. And he uh, now he, he writes books on leadership and uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. And, you know, every morning he fucking gets up at 4, 3 in the morning, trains, take a, takes a, a photo of his watch, takes an aftermath photo of puddles of sweat on the ground and the, the tools he used, and then takes pictures of the sunrise and the sunset, the beach that he earned. He earned his right to go look at that. Wow. Yeah. Well, like, I wake up at 4.32 every morning. Do you? I, yeah, I do. But me, mine would have been like, <laughs> check out me drinking this matcha latte. <laughs> <laughs> Get it, y'all. Well, it takes every kind of people. You it does. That song? Yeah, there's a song about that. Yeah, there's 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 all kinds of people in this world, and it's okay. It's okay to be a soft person. It's okay to be a gentle person. You don't have to be this fucking savage like Chaco. But it's something about those, that Navy SEAL. It, yeah, they're just wired. But it's it's, it's not it's not for everybody. No, it's, most people are gonna ring that bell. Most people are not gonna do it. Could you have made it? I don't know. I would say, I would tell you right now, if you ask me, yes. But of course I would say that. Yeah. I don't know. You, unless you've done it, you don't know. Like in my early 20s, I would have loved, now if I could go back, I would have loved to try to be a Navy SEAL. But I guess if you don't have it, like if you didn't have that desire, but I just think like well, that's- whether or not- It's you, challenging yourself. Whether Yeah, whether or not you can push yourself past the place that most people quit. That's a big part of what it is. You know, the big part of, of anything is being able to push, right? When you get discomfort, people people just want to back off. They want yeah. to stop. They want to, It's a thing that we have. There's well, a, a natural inclination to seek comfort. You, you have to have the mind to push past that. I don't know mentally, you know, if 
I like I was working so hard because th- those two days in the hospital, when mm-hmm. I said if there was that eject button, and then your mind just like no, keep pushing, keep yeah. pushing, keep yeah. pushing, and after three and a half days, finally everything started. My lungs and the fluid in my lungs started to settle, but it's it's amazing what you learn when you come out mm. of a of a situation like that. It's it's what you value. Like I've totally I'm a changed person now. Mm. Like from that and in I think it's way? And I hate to be cliche, but you appreciate the little things. Like I never I I've always been a good guy, a hustler, but just opening my eyes in the morning, it's a different game now. Right, you have a gift. The gift I have of a life. gift. Yeah. I have the gift. Yeah. And a lot of your your fans is like, "Hey, it wasn't your time. You got great things to to accomplish. Mm. And I really believe that because I see the death total going up and I go, oh, I'm not, I'm here for a reason. And I think when we go through life, you'll hit a down point, you know, uh, but you need something to get you back on track and say, yo, you're lucky you're still here. You need, like, I've always valued my family. I'm a family guy. But now it's like, oh, you want to go for a swim? Let's go for a swim. You to right. my son, you want to do this? Let's do this. And I think it, it, it kind of lit a fire under my ass where I was, I wasn't coasting. I was, I was doing well, but I, I just appreciate everything. And I appreciate people more, mm. you know, because man, when I was laid up in the hospital, I saw comics and different people drop off shit to my house through the ring cam. And you, I can't tell you how much that meant to me. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, like just people going out of their way. Yeah. To, to make sure your family is okay. And even the text, even the DMs, those little things, like when nothing tragic has happened in your life, I don't think you really appreciate it. You're like, okay, that's great. You know, but then when something happens to you, and these people don't know you, but they're reaching out, giving you positive vibes, and then people you know really well giving you those vibes, it means a lot. It, you don't understand how much it meant when I was laying in that hospital bed fighting for my life after I got over that hump to read all these positive messages from your fans, from comedians, from, from close friends. I mean, it, it really pushes you to live, mm. you know, yeah, like you, know. the power yeah. of word is so much to well, me now. It ex- expresses something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It expresses something that you, you, you understand how close you came to losing everything. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I look, Comfort is wonderful, and civilization is wonderful, and love and friendship is all wonderful. But I think to really appreciate it, you almost have to at least almost have everything taken away or know it can be taken away or know how fortunate you are, know how lucky you are. I mean, we're look, man, all throughout human history, it was impossible to take a fucking shower, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, to take a hot shower? Who the fuck did that? Like, when did that first start? Was it 100 years ago? Or when, did, when was it? Yeah. So people have been around for, what, hundreds of thousands of years in this relatively similar form. And then, like, 100 years ago, someone figured out how to yep. turn that thing. Uh, hot shower. And now this Ooh. is just the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, dude, I went camping with uh, me and Brian Callen. We went camping uh, in Montana. We did this uh, hunting show and uh, we uh, back in 2012, and it was freezing out, fucking cold as shit, nine degrees at night, and you're in a sleeping bag and huddled. And, and then finally, after like six or seven days, whatever it was, we got to Billings, and uh, it was the end of the trip. We had a successful trip, and then we got to um, 
a uh, hotel. I took a shower, a hot shower. And it was like, oh, it was a bullshit hotel, too. <laughs> like wood panel walls, right? just a skanky fucking weirdo hotel. Ordinarily, if I was a comic, like working in that town, I was like, oh, look at this shithole I'm staying at. Yep. I'd be like, well, I guess I'm roughing it. Here we go. But for me, it was like heaven. I was in that shower, like, oh, it was so warm. The water was so good. And to feel that, the soap and to get the stink off me because I hadn't washed myself in seven days. It's like, ah, oh, you really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. You don't appreciate it until you lose it, until it's gone. And I think that struggle is something that too many people are missing. You know, and I, I like to give myself my own struggle. You know, it's one of the reasons why I work out so hard. Because I, when I work out hard, not just because it calms me down and it makes it, it, it does whatever vanquishes, whatever demons are inside me through exercise, but also... I appreciate peace because when I push myself, I push myself in a ferocious, horrific way where I'm, I'm fucking exhausted. Like when I'm running hills or I'm hitting a bag or whatever I'm doing, I'm doing it hard, man. Mm-hmm. So that when it's over, I mean, I'm, I'm hands on my knees heaving. And then the rest of the day is beautiful mm-hmm. because I made my own bullshit. Instead of like dealing with like fucking hordes of barbarians coming over the hills or, you know, starving to death or all the the real problems that people have dealt with throughout history that have kind of balanced out their perspective. I I create it myself. I think I think today's society is taking away challenges. Yes. You know, it's not pushing people because it's fine being fine today right you know there's no like one thing interesting you said to me last podcast we did you go you know yo you really never and you exactly said it you never been through any struggle because i was telling you my life has been pretty good and you go what makes you is you would never take away your struggle when you were younger because it made you who you are today and after going through something like what i went through it's changed me so much that i know that struggle is going to change the rest of my life it's even the mentality of myself has already changed. It's like, I'm going to take risk. I'm going to, because you never know how long you're going to be here. I know that's cliche, but you really never know. The key is to keep that mentality. Yes. The problem is for a lot of people, they slip right back into comfort again. Mm-hmm. They slip right back into the regular life because this, this close call you had with death, it, it slips away in your memory. It becomes the thing of the past. It was four years ago or five years ago. And, you, you know, like, oh, I'm having a hard time getting motivated. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm having a hard time getting to the gym. Oh, I mean, I really like to get my career in order, but, God, I mean, sometimes I'm depressed. Yeah. Sometimes I just, I just feel so blue. I sit around the house. Boom. <laughs> You're not supposed to make it. No. And then no one wants to say that to those people, but that mentality literally is like if life is this wild rush to the finish line and i'm not sure it is but if it was those people are not supposed to make it they're not supposed to cross the tape they're supposed to sit back at mile three and take a nap that's just and it's also supposed to be a lesson to you the person who keeps going to see like see these lazy bitches that they, they ruin their life and wind up falling apart and and, and they keep exhibiting this self-destructive behavior don't do that you don't have to do that. You see them do it? Mm-hmm. Learn from them. Learn from the people that cry for no reason. Learn from the people that fall apart. Learn from the people that don't know how to pick themselves up and keep going. But you can't you can't say that out loud today. You get attacked. I can. Well, you can't, but you that's can what, too. I know so more but, people need to say it. But uh, you're so right. Like like the people who's attacking? 
Who's attacking? Those people. The people on the sidelines. The people that sit down. Like, yeah, it's Who true. Are you, Michael, you, you don't even know Michael Yo. Yeah. I get depressed. Look, some, <laughs> I think some people have real problems. Uh, they have mentally. real issues. Some people. Some people. But some people are lazy fucks. Fucks and use it as an excuse. A lot of people. I think there's way more yeah. of those because there's a natural inclination to do that. And to deny that natural inclination to do that is to ha exhibit a ridiculous lack of understanding about human nature. Because that's what people do. We know that. Mm -hmm. This is, it, you'd be, you, it's either willful ignorance or you're purposely lying so that you fit in the group. The same way we were talking about earlier about ideologies that people slip into because it gives you comfort. This is like when people, like there was a, there was a video recently where, uh, a, where a, um, article recently rather, where Adele lost a lot of weight. And all these. Why did people celebrate that? I was so pissed off about that. You're it's the people that celebrate it, or yeah, no, people that celebrated her weight loss. It's like these are the same people that are like, you look good no matter what size you are. I'm like, mm. so like that's it, an interesting perspective. That's not what I was saying though. No, but, but what I'm saying is, to me, the celebrity audience that celebrated her losing the weight was saying you same people that say you should feel great no matter what size you are. I think it sent out the wrong message. Well. I think it's great to lose weight because when you lose weight, you get healthy. But there was a lot of people that were saying that we uh, shouldn't do that because one one thing that I read that was hilarious was saying that it's actually fat phobic to celebrate her weight loss because we don't know what she's going through. She might actually be going through a hard time right now because she just got divorced. And maybe that's why she's losing weight because she's not doing well and she's ill. No. Or, or she works out and doesn't eat cake. Like my whole thing is... If you're going to, I just hate who, I hate people. And this is a lot of celebrities and this is a lot of, no, it's like, no matter what size you are, we love you. Right. And then a girl lose weight and then you really see who they are. Oh, you look great now. We love okay, you. But hold I, on. I, but I understand. Hold on. I understand. No matter what size you are, I do love you. Like I have friends that are fat and yeah. I love them, you know, and I've talked to some of them and tried to get them to lose weight, but they don't want to lose weight. But if they did lose weight, I'd be like, dude, you look great. Congratulations. It's healthier. Yes. But I, 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 but I, I just, still love them no matter what size they are. I understand I'm not that. But hate I, someone I they're but fat. to me, it's a wrong message. Like, to, if you're going to say you love me no matter what size you are, like, and I'm talking, this is more celebrity driven. Is you got to stop listening to celebrities, bro. No, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> no, this is more celebrity. This is Katy no. Perry, how to live your life. <laughs> you got to run around in circles like a fucking dog no, chasing No, I'm not tail. that dude. I'm not that dude. I know you're not. What I'm saying is, you don't put out this message that body image doesn't really matter. And then when a girl loses weight, you're like, oh, it really does matter like well, you're just contradicting yourself yes. and why are you do like me i don't care if adele's big or small you know i do well okay good I for want you her to look hot it's good she <laughs> looks good now i like it as long as she can sing that's all i yes. care about well i do care about that but i care when anybody loses weight because it, it gives people inspiration the same way that jocko video you know say that gives people inspiration the same way goggins that gives people inspiration those people are important and Adele's important. Doing that, man, how many women that were overweight looked at her and were like, I'm going to fucking get my shit together now. What's that other girl, Rebel? Rebel What's, Wilson, yeah, when she did she, that movie? She lost a ton of weight. Oh, yeah. That for, girl looks really good now. She's yeah. lost a ton of weight. And then same thing. The, the lazy fatos that want to stay lazy fatos, <laughs> they get mad. 
Like she, you're just defining beauty standards and she's, she was amazing before. And you know, it's not good to be skinny. And there's, there's a bunch of people out there that will come up with any fucking reason why they can just eat cake. No, and it's not real. Look, my thing is, as long as you're healthy, some people are healthier, but like, my thing is, if you go to a doctor and you're, you're too big and they say, Hey, you're not healthy right now. You know, you need to change that. That's terrible for you. But if you're a little bigger and you're healthy, because I know some big people that are healthy. I bet you don't. I do. I bet you don't. I bet you know big people that would be healthy if they lost weight, but they're not healthy if they're fat. I, I mean, obesity is one. I'm of not the talking worst about obesity. I mean, they're just do. big people. Okay. Like like, like like football players. Yes. Okay. Well, that's are, different. That's yeah. Not that's obese. what I'm talking. Yeah. Oh, well, that's what I'm talking about. Well, big they mean people. they would look a little better if they had. Six pack. But yeah, that's not <laughs> but, right. But I know what you're okay, you know that's okay. what I meant. So I don't mean obese. Big. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought you were talking about like. No, I'm talking like, about bigger people. Like Rebel before she no, lost all no. the weight. She no. was obese. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying it, it's a thing where Ralphie May. Ralphie May. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I, I was. I know so many people went to Ralphie May and was like, "Dude, you got to lose weight." Oh, I was one of them. Yeah. You have to, man. Yeah, but did, he had an issue. There was a there was whatever the wiring of his mind oh, it so didn't sad. it didn't it wasn't gonna work he was gonna eat and he was gonna keep eating and whatever it was I don't know what the demon was but whatever his Can demon was he and I don't maybe maybe he could have shifted and changed and people have but it didn't happen while he was alive I tell you one of the nicest men ever he was a great guy he's a great guy I I went to Nashville with Sarah Tiana. And he took us, and of course, we were like, oh, let's just hang out. He goes, no, we're going to go to his breakfast place. <laughs> so he takes us to the best biscuit place in, in Nashville, you know, in Tennessee. But it was just him, like, hearing about me and coming out and hanging out, mm -hmm. just as a comic. He was a sweetheart. <sighs> yeah, he was a sweetheart of a guy. It's a, It was a, a sad loss that no one was surprised by. Yes. That's the problem, you know? It's like uh, if you have a friend and that friend is an alcoholic and they die of liver cancer, you got to go, you know, I loved him. He's a great guy, but no one's shocked that that was the result. And that's the same thing with obesity. It's like no one's shocked when you, you do that to your body and then you wind up dying. Mm -hmm. it's, not, it's not shocking. It's no, still sad. It comes with it. I just think. Well, you, I know what you're saying about the celebrity thing. Is, but I really think that it's it's along the lines of what we were talking about before with religion and and uh, political ideologies. People that are celebrities feel like they're putting out this thing that helps their image. And the thing is, you can't say anything even remotely controversial. If they do, people come down on you. And if you're going to say something controversial, it should be controversial that leans towards the side of being liberal and being open-minded and being compassionate. And I don't think that being dishonest about the real negative health consequences of being fat I is positive. I think it's negative. I think ultimately if you can – like fat shaming is a real thing, right? Mm -hmm. People get mad when people fat shame. But let me tell you something. When someone fat shames you and you feel bad, you lose weight. If you want to act on that, a lot of people do. It's a bad feeling. That bad feeling makes you feel like shit, and you go out and you do something about it. The reason why they make you feel like shit is because it works. Or if you got to take the other side of the coin on that. Some people feel worse and then do awful things to themselves. Well, those people need to get their shit together. But uh, look, 
when people make you feel bad and then you make a correction. Look, if someone said to me right now, hey, you're fat, I'd be like, okay. That doesn't work. Yeah. You can say whatever you want. It's not going to get in there. But if I was a little fat and I have mm -hmm. been in the past, I've, I've had a little bit of a gut before. And then someone says you're fat, I'm like, ooh, okay, I got to lose weight. Yeah. But it pushes. But, but if it I only didn't pushes. For years, if I kept going for years, then I would be obese. But and that's I, what it is. You, you get on a path. But it only pushes people that want to be pushed. You see what I mean? Like Sort it's, of. It's not going to work of. on people that. It goes back to the lazy thing. Yeah. It doesn't work on lazy people. Well, there's a you know? lot of things. Look, neither, neither, neither does education, mm. neither does anything. I mean, lazy people. That the inclination towards laziness, it's it's a part of the spectrum of human behavior, and it's a bad spe I mean, it's a bad thing. It doesn't do anybody any good. It's so it's so unattractive. Like, have you ever had a girlfriend that was lazy? Yes. Bro, see, look yeah. how you said that. Yes. Look how you said it. Oh, my God. It's so unattractive. It it's is. It's unattractive to girls. It's unattractive to guys. Having a, a, a significant other that's lazy is offensive. I tell you what, if Twitter and Instagram, people going after people, mm -hmm. if there was work involved with doing that, if you actually, actually had to go through steps and work to do that, right. you would have no comments. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. if people actually had to work to put a comment up, yeah. Oh, it would decrease by 90%. Well, a lot of what comments are is lazy. It's it's, it's people like a, on their couch yeah. being lazy mm -hmm. going, oh, let me comment about this fuck person. Him or fuck her. Yeah. But la people in your life that are lazy, it's a f it's very unattractive and it's it makes you angry. If you're not lazy and someone's lazy and they're dragging you down, like if you're in business with someone and that person's lazy, it's horrendous. Get away. It's offensive. Yeah. And if you're ultimate, like if you have a business together and, you know, this is your partner and your partner is fucking off and not doing the stuff they're supposed to do. And when you tell them, hey, we got to take care of X, Y, and Z. And like, I don't want to do that. Like, oh my God, I'm in business with this fucking lazy fuck. That, that's a terrible feeling. But if you're in business with someone and they're like, I'm on it. Let's get this. Let's do that. Hey, maybe we can do that too. Fuck yeah. Let's push each other. All right, yes. let's go. Let's get it together. High five. Woo! And then you like you feed off each other. People don't want that though. A lot of people some don't want people. that. They don't want to be lazy some pe people don't want lazy people don't want it. Yeah. What's amazing to me, when my wife was was pregnant, we were, you know, re a second time with our with our girl that's five months now. Uh, but I was reading stories about mothers being shamed for losing weight so fast. I've heard that. Like, <laughs> like other factos get mad. If you're not big, now you're shaming people for yeah. being skinny. Yeah. Like literally people will get in shape after two months, three months after working out, mm -hmm. you know, and they're like, well, you're not spending any time with your kids since you're in shape. Now you've been working out, showing all these videos. It's like, that's an hour a day. Yeah. Your kid sleeps 18 hours a day when they're first born. Yeah. You know, you're taking an hour for yourself and you're getting women get shame for losing. I'm like, now this is ridiculous. We're just shaming people for no reason. Well, it's just a bunch of people talking. And the problem is it used to be. You had to be around those people to hear it. Yeah. Now, those dumb fucks, they put it on Facebook <laughs> and the whole world can read it. And then other uh, fat fucks chime in too. Yeah, I agree. There's nothing wrong with it. And if their <laughs> husband's complaining, she should get rid of them. Just stuffing their fat face with cake while they're writing it, <laughs> while they're typing it. I don't understand. <laughs> <why> <laughs> 
I just it's don't fun understand. to be mean towards lazy people too when you say things like that. It's fun. Like because right lazy, there, I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, lazy people know they're lazy too. Yeah, and that's what's great about it. Well, like when you t- they're coming up with excuses for well, why they're <laughs> why you're wrong. Guess what? This whole segment right now about the lazy. Yes, people are really mad that are lazy. Only lazy people. Only lazy people. Jocko approves this. Oh, we're just David saying. Goggins is like, approves. that's what I'm talking Cam about. Cam Haynes approves. <laughs> All those people approve. Look, I have my friend Cam Haynes. That fucking dude works a full-time job. He works for the Department of Water and Power in Oregon. He gets up every morning. He, he doesn't have a day where he doesn't run 16 miles. Every day he's running 10 miles. Oftentimes we'll run a marathon a day. He runs ultra marathons. He runs these fucking 240-mile races. They take three days. Works a full-time job. Also, one of the best bow hunters in the world. And every day, you go to his Instagram, every day, it's him lifting weights, it's him running, it's him talking, it's him saying, have a great day, everybody. He's got a different approach to Jocko. He's not screaming, you know, failure's not an option. (laughs) He's got a different approach, but that motherfucker gets after it every single day. So if you ever feel like, like, oh, you know, I think I do too much, go to Cam Haynes, go to his Instagram page, Cameron Haynes, Cameron R. Haynes on Instagram. And you'll go, oh, I don't fucking do anything. No. I don't you, do shit. This guy's got a full-time job and a family. You realize when you think you do a lot, yeah. you'll find people that do way more than yeah. you. And you're like, oh, I'm fucking lazy compared to that person. If you think you do a lot, David Goggins is running right now. Right now. Running. <laughs> Screaming. Scre- Screaming. Stay hard, motherfucker. <laughs> Screaming, Screaming while running Stay into hard. a phone. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man. I mean, but those those kind of people, they'll let you know that there's more on the table. You can you get more out of your life. You can you could squeeze out more, and it's not for everybody. Like that is not for everybody. But for everybody, doing your best is something that you should strive for. For everybody, whatever that best is. I mean, man, if you want to just do yoga three or four days a week or something like that, and that's all you like to do physically, that's great too. You don't have to be that guy who runs a hundred miles. No, you don't have to be that guy that said like Jocko four o'clock in the morning throwing kettlebells around like a savage. You don't have to. You don't have to, but you should do something to push yourself. And it's, it, there's a great value in that. There's great reward in that. And there's no reward in talking shit on moms who lose weight too quickly because they're dedicated and healthy and they work out. And also, it's first of all, there's a reality to that, too, with moms. It's not fair. I, I know moms who are like fitness enthusiasts that gained a lot of weight during their pregnancy and they have a really hard time losing it. Mm-hmm. Their, their body just doesn't bounce back like other people's bodies. Some women are just savages. Like two weeks later, they got a flat stomach. Like, what? Look at this bitch. But it's genetics as well. It's genetics. So you a can't blame yeah. a person because they got good genetics right. and they've been working out. Right. And you also can't blame someone who has bad genetics either. And not losing. Yeah. But but here's the, and I feel bad with, for women because if they're a little bit too big, they get criticized. If they lose weight, now you're too skinny. Yeah, but you're only getting the skinny thing. You're only getting it from dumb, fat, lazy bitches. <laughs> that, were they getting mad at you? Oh, like, I, I I can't see it coming from dudes. I can't see a dude going, hey, you she lost looked, love. She got too hot too quick. <laughs> Fucking whore. Like, no, that's not that's No not dudes real. are doing that. The anger is going to come from people that are unlucky genetically. and that that is, but, but you can't point to them and be mad at them no there was this one lady though that she took a whole lot of shit because she um had a kid and she posted her being pregnant and then she posted what she looked like a couple months later working out and she was saying don't be lazy and then i'll, I'll i remember, remember that, that and people got mad they lost their shit, shit. and they all she was like shit. this is her thing yeah 
Like, you're going to her to look at her page. But that's a different thing because she's clearly got a great genetic roll of the dice. And she's shitting on those women that don't have that. Don't be lazy. Well, listen, some women are not lazy. Some women, they get pregnant and it takes months and months for them to lose weight. And it's hard and it's a struggle. And other girls, they just bounce back like a rubber band. It's crazy. It's not fair. But life's not fair. Some dudes are seven feet tall with giant dicks. There's not a goddamn thing you could do about that. Can you imagine being seven feet tall with no dick? Oh, that'd be horrible. It'd be amazing. That'd be horrible. The disappointment in a woman. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, I'm going to get it tonight. It's like, like, Terrible. Uh, or even a regular dick. Like, yeah. It's just a regular dick. It would look weird. Oh, my God. I haven't thought about it that much, so you, yeah. but that would be weird. Yeah, like, <laughs> like if Shaq had a regular dick, you'd be like, what in the hell is that doing on you? <laughs> Everything else is enormous. A size 40 shoe, a hand as big as this table, and a regular dick. Like, what? Like, what just happened, That's man? outrageous. <laughs> yeah. But life's not fair genetically. It's just not It's not fair intellectually. It's not fair genetically. It's not fair with the parents. You don't You don't get, you know, there's some people that got extremely fortunate fortunate with their parents oh absolutely yeah i mean my parents are great yeah like still married yeah and like they love me and i love them and we talk all the time but i know a lot of friends that parents are divorced or had only one parent growing up and that's a struggle they they had to deal with and my struggle was different yeah you know so i you're right. People, life is not fair. Life is not fair. No, it's, it's not, not fair. Some people but are people born into rich fair. Yes. People should be nice and people should be fair, but circumstances are not fair. There's really good people that get hit by cars every day. 100%. There's wonderful people that get leukemia. And this idea that somehow or another that it's not, you know, it's not supposed to happen that way. Like there's there's something wrong. Someone fucked up. There's a there, no, it's just the the randomness of life is not fair. And also the fact that you don't live that long, man. No. You're talking to a 52-year-old man. I'm 52 years old. Even saying that, I'm like, that can't be real. Like, it you doesn't ever, seem real. You ever wonder, like, I got another 25, 30 years? No. I get up and I just do it. I just get up and do it yeah. every day. That's what I do. I live in the moment, get up and do it every day. Well, I live see, in the moment as much as I can. I, I think my thing is to push me, because I, I always have goals every day, too, is to push me. Is like, yo, I'm halfway done. I got to get it. You yeah. know, like that's just my motivation. There's a difference between being 50 today and being 50 it in is. the past. There's a great picture of one of the Golden Girls that said it says like 50 in 1985, and then it has a picture of J Lo swinging on a pole. It's like 50 in 2020. It's fucking different, man. There's people exercise today. People take care of their bodies today, and they never didn't. Right. If as long as you never went through this period, we slacked off and ate cake and slept all day. If you never went through that period of alcoholism and drug abuse where you wrecked your body, man, you you know you could hold on a lot longer than anybody ever thought you could. Yeah. What's crazy to me is when I was growing up, dads looked like dads. Yeah, they had dad bods. Yeah, dad, dad but bods. but just yeah. yeah, the body, but just yeah. physically, they look like a dad. Where today. You go out, you couldn't tell who's a dad, who's single, like right, everybody's right. taking care of themselves. Right. It's you know? a different world. Yeah. But it it's is. education. It is. People understand that now. They understand like, hey, you really do need to do something. It's not a an option whether or not you exercise. If you want to be a healthy person, it's a mandatory thing that you need to do. When you, speaking about healthy, when 
You were in Florida. I want to take it back. To, when okay. you were in Florida. Speaking what, of healthy. Yeah. Well, yeah, Florida. right. Florida. <laughs> <laughs> the most unhealthiest place in the world. When you were going back and forth, did you like kind of stay away from people in airports or? or? No, I didn't stay away from people. So you I mean, mean, I took pic- pictures with some people. Okay. I was a little weirded out by it. Like maybe I probably shouldn't be doing this. But my my take on it was, you know, wash your hands. Don't do anything stupid. Um, don't let anybody cough on you or anything like that. Like everybody I was around for the most part, other than the people in the hotel, everyone was tested. All the people at the UFC were tested. All the fighters were tested. The, All the, the workers in the hotel. Okay. Everyone was tested. And, you know, in the hotel, everybody had masks on. All the people, like, I, I ate at a Morton's Steakhouse. It was very nice. Sit down. Me and my friend. They had masks on, too? Yeah. It, me and my buddy, Eddie Bravo, were sitting there eating a meal like a, like a, a grown-up. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> it's like the real world again. I was there it. anybody in the restaurant? There was a couple other people. Yeah, there was one older couple, no mask, and some young people at the bar, no mask. I tell you, yeah. when I when I first got out, when they first cleared me, in my neighborhood, because everybody knew, like literally, I would walk outside and go for a walk. Do, like they would run inside their house with their, if their kids were outside playing, they would call them in wow. to go inside. Like mm. I was like this guy. I went to my, I'm not going to say the name of the coffee place, but I went to my local coffee place. And since I didn't post, I was cleared. They, the manager of the store, sent me a nasty on my Instagram. Sent me a nasty man. How could you endanger all our workers? By coming in and you have corona, this is after three weeks I've been cleared. And it, it's almost like a you're so being you'd been tested never. I've been tested and everything. I've been cleared. And it's a thing I got tested. The manager said that? The manager reached out to me personally Did you on my Instagram. respond to them? Yeah, I called I called their district manager and goes, This is this is prejudice. Like I've been cleared for three weeks. And I have a manager just because I didn't post that I was cleared on Instagram. It's also shitty. It's, it's very shitty, shitty. Shitty way to approach someone who almost died. Yeah. And I was so angry. And they were scared I was going to sue. And I just said- Did they send you free coffee? I didn't ask for shit. <laughs> but they scared you are going to sue. Yeah. They were scared. It was, it was really bad. And I was angry. But then I saw it like on my street. Like yeah. I was a plague. Like people like literally would is that run inside. Alleviated or is that s- s- subsided? Oh no! Now it's fine. Now it's fine. Now, now me, I'm trying to stay away from people because <laughs> you don't want to catch. Because again. no, I I feel good because I took that uh, immunity test mm-hmm. and they said I had the long immunity. What does and that mean? So I don't know the term, but there's a long immunity and a short immunity. It's Ig and I. It's some. And this is the antibodies? There's an antibody test you can take at this place called Next Health where it's not FDA approved, but it shows you like your strand. Is it long immunity? Is it short immunity? Hmm. And they said I had long immunity because it was so bad. Usually it sounds like you went to a fortune teller, bro. <laughs> Look at your hand. <laughs> the gypsies looking at your hand. But but it, it said, like, usually the people that get it the worst. This is your lifeline. Oh, my gosh. It's long. It's long. You will live long. <laughs> the people that get it the worst have long immunity? Uh, longer immunity. But yeah. it, it works just like the flu. Like, the, all the mismatch, wear a mask, don't wear a mask. To me, it was all bullshit at the beginning. It's like, why wouldn't you tell everybody to wear a mask? I posted something on my Instagram today that was from 60 Minutes. I guess it was, like, last month. I think it was last month. It was Dr. Fauci. From March somewhere, yeah, mm-hmm. he's saying you don't have to wear a mask. Like, like don't. 
unless you have something. The ma- yes, the mask Which makes is not necessarily no going to protect you. There's a, a cool mask that I saw that's advertised though that um, they they set this mask up. This mask like seals to your face. They set this mask up in this tube and they blew cigarette smoke into the tube. And then on the other side of the mask, it was clear. It was pretty yeah. interesting. Dude. It's it's um, but the whole mask thing is like. If you know, they knew people were asymptomatic back then. Mm-hmm. So you're saying only the people with problems need to right. wear a mask? Like, but you know people are asymptomatic and you well, can- Well, they didn't know how many people are asymptomatic. But now sti- they realize as many as 78% of people who catch this are asymptomatic, but which is really crazy. even if you know 3%- but they didn't they know it back then. They yes, did, they did. They didn't really, when they, he was doing this? Oh yeah, they sure? knew people were asymptomatic. But they were just. When did they know this? Oh man! I mean, who knows? This but was I, March, I think, that Fauci was on sixty minutes. Wasn't but they it? had reports that people, like in February, were asymptomatic. This really? is what I'm hearing. Okay. They, they knew it in February that so people were asymptomatic. So much conflicting information, which is but, part of the problem. But right? regardless, if you know, okay, they did know this. They knew people could get it by droplets in March. They did know that. Mm. So if people can get it in droplets, why would you have the only people? that are having symptoms, wear a mask. If you can get in droplets, that means if I'm healthy, I can get it from your droplets. You right. see what that I mean? Means everybody, everybody can, can get it. Everybody. So why wouldn't you just say well, everybody wear a so mask? there was so much confusion. You know, the World Health Organization in January tweeted that according to China, it cannot be transmitted from person to person. That was in January. It's changing so much. But the World Health Organization has been in bed with China from the beginning. And it's really a big part of the problem with this is that the disinformation that the Chinese government had put out to try to alleviate some of the blame. I mean, that's that's their game. Their game is alleviate blame and take control of the narrative. Mm-hmm. And so the World Health Organization was in bed with them. I mean, that's why Trump, uh, although it's widely criticized that he stopped funding to the World Health Organization, this is his rationalization for that like they have done terrible things well it also fits his narrative though too but but it's true regardless no, it, of whether it, it, is it fits true. his narrative it is true and it fits his narrative if it didn't fit his narrative he wouldn't have took the money away the narrative of the world health organization yes it's their fault that That's we're the world in health organization's fault it's yeah. their fault that we're in this even though we knew about it before it got here we did know about it before it got there, but the World Health Organization did say that in January. This, 100%. Yeah. Have you seen but, the tweet? Because it's pretty crazy when you read it today. It's like, wow. Like, this is just a few months ago. Yeah. And this is four, four and a half months ago that they, they said this, and then you're, you're looking at it, you're like, holy Christ. I mean, my thing is, just going back to March 6th, 11 deaths mm. in just a short amount of time, over 80,000. Montana only has one. We One need to go to Montana. I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm all up in. I'm they, all up in they Montana. They just opened up the restaurants again. Do you, if you had to guess, when, I mean, you do like arenas, but for normal comedians like me that do like clubs, when do you, do you think? Well, I do by the clubs this, too. I'm hoping, oh, okay. I'm hoping we could do clubs soon. I mean, I'm really hoping we can get things going in California again, but our, you know, Bill Maher had a great rant about it. It was really good stuff. If you go to Eddie Bob Eddie Bravo's Instagram, well, we can't play it anyway. But Bill Maher had a, a really good rant that the key to this is not going to be stay at home forever. No, this is not. It's not. It's not how the immune system works. The key is having a healthy body. And this idea that your body doesn't know what to do with this, your immune system has never experienced that. Your your immune system, if it's functioning correctly, 
it will fight this off. Your your situation shows that your immune system was dragged down. I mean, that's but a- my doctor said my immune system. I was opposite. My immune system was so strong it caused problems. It overreacted. Well, this was the reason why they think hydroxychloroquine works, right? Because mm-hmm. it stops that cytokine storm that happens from your immune system overreacting. Is mm-hmm. that the case? That, that's what they said at the time. I don't know. Like I, I, I don't. They I don't, don't know. know. But my doctor was like, "But you were run down, right? I that's was why. run down. So that's your immune system running down." Yeah. But from what my doctor said, is my immune system was in overdrive. But like mm. I said, I don't. I don't really mm. know. I don't, all that's I know. The problem. No, there's no clear answer. Like, I go like every four hours. I go, oh, this is bullshit. Everyone's gonna be fine. We're gonna, be, and then four hours later, we're all gonna die. Yeah, it's like that's that's what it was like in March. In March, there was so much conflicting information. I didn't know whether or not we we're gonna be okay or not. The the doctor I talked to said he had a patient that was rolling at about sixty percent oxygen level, and you're supposed to be between like ninety four and a hundred. And the guy didn't even know his oxygen level. He was just acting normal. And they said, that's the thing that's confusing doctors right now. It could be like you're climbing a mountain, but you're not breathing hard. You're just normal. So that's what I, I believe. Climbing a mountain. So you could well, be oxygen, exercising while that was happening? No. Well, this, no, no, no. What I'm saying is the same oxygen levels you would get from climbing a high mountain, like 60. Right. Well, the, I think the problem is so many people do so little mm-hmm. with their body that even when, uh, although we're saying asymptomatic for a lot of these people it's like they don't ever push themselves so they don't even know their body is operating so weakly no what they're saying is is on this part is the oxygen level in a person that would come in with corona was at 60 percent but they were they were functioning like it was at 94 96 where they're supposed to be passed out right but they're not exercising no but but you do you hear what i'm saying then what I'm saying is they don't push themselves to the point where they find out that their body's at 60%. If you're a person who exercises all the time and you're you're used to, you're, you're in tune with your body, and okay. then you're working out, you're like, God, I'm fucking dragging ass. That happened to my friend's son, it's, and uh-huh. he had it. And the, the way they found out, it was, his mom had it, but he had it, and the way he found out, it was like, he's dragging ass when he's working out. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Because when you push yourself, that's when you find out. Like, if you're just kind of strolling through life, you don't really need 100% of your oxygen, right? Mm Because you're never like, (gasps) yeah. You never get to that point. But when you do push yourself and you're like, wow, there's something wrong here. Like, I feel like really fatigued and really shitty. Well, I mean, they must have felt it because they were in the hospital. So, I mean, they were at 60% oxygen in the hospital. So how are you saying they're asymptomatic if they were in the hospital? I didn't hospital? say, I never said they were asymptomatic. Oh. I said these people were in the hospital knowing something's wrong. I'm confused. Okay. Because you're saying it like these people were running around like there was nothing wrong. No, 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 no. I'm saying the doctors are confused right now because the normal oxygen level is between 94 and 100. Okay. There are people checking in with corona that don't feel well, but- they're at 60% oxygen level, which you shouldn't be able to function. Why not? I don't know the technical, but this is what the doctor's saying, where you could look it up, but you shouldldn't be able to function, mm. but they're texting, they're acting like nothing's wrong, but they're, they're sick. I think there's so many people that are so used to feeling like shit. I don't know. Like man. something comes along but that level is extra so, shitty. But that level is so low. Mm-hmm. Like they said they should be not even moving. 
Yeah, I was reading something about that as well. That these people. But I'm not a doctor, so I don't know how to explain it right. But that's what's confusing to them right now. And then you hear the kid thing now. The kids are getting uh, a certain form of it. Like 85 kids in New York. It's it's 85 kids. 85 kids. I mean, it's a small number, but what are they getting? It's it's attached to coronavirus. It's inflammation inside, and it's not. Like I said, I'm not a doctor, but I just read about it today. I like how you have to keep saying I'm not a doctor. I do, because people will take your shit so seriously. (laughs) Like, well, he went through corona. He must know everything about it. No, I know nothing. I like how you gave it a southern accent right there. I know, I did. (laughs) (laughs) I do that, too. (laughs) Why is that? A lot of them are really dumb. (laughs) Uh, Do you know what that came from? Do you know what that's from? Honestly, hookworm. Hookworm. Yeah, it's really crazy. The the stereotype of the lazy mouth breathing southerner came from massive amounts of people that were infected with parasites. And these parasites were extremely common, particularly when people walk around barefoot and they would get these worms. And these worms would get into their system and one of the side effects of these worms was a, a decreased brain function. So that's a that's a real stereotype that came from a real thing. So wow. pu- yeah, pull up a hookworm in the south uh, and then stereotypes, because uh, yeah, I forget who told me this. But then I, I wound up going on a deep dive one night and just reading article upon article about this, where they didn't even find out that this was a thing until I think it was like the 1960s. They found out about uh, this hookworm parasite. And this uh, parasite that was extremely prevalent in the South, this thing is many of it, like, how hookworm gave the South a bad name. Hookworms once sapped the American South of its health, yet few realize they continue to affect millions. So this is, uh, th- this worm would uh, oh. infect people. That Make that a little larger, please. For more than three centuries, a plague of unshakable lethargy blanketed the American South. It began with ground itch, in in quotes, a prickly tingling in the tender webs between the toes, which was soon followed by a dry cough. Weeks later, victims succumbed to an insatiable exhaustion and an impenetrable haziness of the mind that some called stupidity. Adults neglected their fields, and children grew pale and listless. Victims developed grossly distended bellies and angel wings, uh, emaciated shoulder blades accentuated by the hunching. All gazed out dully from sunken sockets with a telltale fisheye stare. The culprit behind the germ of laziness, as the South affliction was sometimes called, was Nectar Americanus, the American murderer, better known today as the hookworm. Millions wow. of these blood-sucking parasites lived, parasites lived, fed, multiplied, and died within the guts of up to 40% of the population stretching from southeastern Texas to West Virginia. Hookworms stymied development throughout the region and bred stereotypes about lazy, moronic Southerners. Well, they talk like there it. There it is. That's, that's why you do it. That's why we all do it. We do it because it was a real thing, and it was a real thing because they, they, these poor people were sick with parasites. Uh, wow. 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 I learned some shit today, yeah. Joe. Isn't that a nutty one? That's a nutty one. And I'm one. from Texas. That's when you go, oh, okay. Well, that shit, that makes sense. I always used to think it was just hot there, and it's hard to think. Like, you know? Well, now when people say, you don't sound like you're from Texas, I'm like, thank you. <laughs> you do a little bit. I can hear a little bit. Really? There's, yeah, there's a, there's a touch. 
I say yeah. y'all still. There's a touch. It's a touch, you know. No, you didn't know that. There's no touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, really? you have a, yeah, you have a touch of, sec- okay. of, of southern, some Texan in there. Just a touch. Yeah. But you're definitely not from New York. No. Yeah, I mean, you're no. not from Boston. It's like you, you have something, something going on there. Boston yeah. Corona's really bad right now. Oh, it's real bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, They believe that there's a different strain on the East Coast than on the West Coast. I agree with that 100%. You I got know. That, you I got know, that East Coast strain. I know I did. Yeah, you got that hot strain from New York. Obviously, yeah. you did. I think I think uh, my friend sent me a picture because I didn't I didn't do any meet and greets, but I had friends come. So he sent me a picture two weeks after they know I survived, or like three weeks ago. You're fine. You're feeling good. You're all good. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So he sends me a picture. It's me and four of his friends. He goes, "We all got it. We must have <sighs> gave it to you." Whoa! So you were hanging around with the fucking patient zeros in New York. Mm-hmm. What were you guys doing? Besides oh, you know out? how they come to the green room and just say, what's up, great show? So, and hug literally in hug and... in, and it was one picture. And, and they it, all got it. And everybody in that picture <sighs> had it. So the comedian, mm. I know. Who'd you work with in Gotham? It was Tone Bell. and Did they get it? Joe Lark. No. No. Nobody I worked with in New York and flew back with got it. So it was only the people that you were hanging out with in the green room? Because no comics were in the green room. They came back, but then w- there was like five people, so they, they kind of... So they're all coughing and digging into your fucking craft service. And, <laughs> oh my Literally, God. I, I, I tell Spitting you it was about... Mouth. It was like two minutes. But it was a bunch of hugs, kisses. Like That's oh, all it took. That's all it took, man. And he sent me the picture. He says, now that we know you well. <laughs> he said, and how did those people do it? They survive it? No problem? Uh, all of them survived. One person, one girl got sick for like two weeks, but it wasn't bad. Not like you. you. Know, not like You no, got it worse than anybody. I haven't heard of any comics like that I know have gotten it. <clears throat> no, I haven't either. You know? I really think it had to do with you being so run down. Yeah. I mean, it's the only thing that makes sense because I know, man, me personally, I am a different human being when I travel too much. I just get wrecked. Yeah. You just get wrecked. Like my brain's foggy. Like my kids ask me questions. I don't have the answers. I, I don't have the the will to do things. Like I'm a different person when I travel too much. Yeah. It well, it's a thing where after I beat this thing, it's that road to recovery. Like yeah. you know, now it's trying to get stronger, trying to like I have my energy still, but it's just your you know, when your body's just not right. Yeah. It's I just do. like, oh, yeah. it's trying to catch up, you mm-hmm. know, and I just feel like I'm that dude just trying to catch up. Are now. you a regular taker of vitamins? Yes. Were yes. you before this? Um, I, I wouldn't say like I'm a great vitamin taker even today because I just, I hear so much about vitamins. I don't know. If somebody said, this is what you need to take, then I would take it. But I hear different things. Oh, take Catalan, take zinc, take this, take Cat- that. What's Catalan? It's some, it's some vitamin that uh, my wife's father gave me. <laughs> so, Catalan? I've yeah. never even heard of it. Catalan. It's from, uh, I forgot the name of the, the. it's these pills that are supposed to be all, all organic. And I forgot. Oh, it's a company. No, no, no. Catalan is a pill from this company. I don't know what it does. He just said it's healthy. Just take it. My wife's been taking it all her life. And so I started taking it. But I'm not <laughs> sure. It's supposed to be healthy. I take every day. I take 4,000 milligrams of vitamin C. I take uh, 5,000 uh, IUs of vitamin D. I take a bunch of other shit, fish oil, 
Um, uh, I take glutathione. I don't fuck around, man. Yeah. Especially when when this started happening, I I, I bore down seriously. Like I, I feel like if somebody gave me this is what you need to take in a day, mm-hmm. I would take it right now. I just don't have that person to say, hey, here's the list. Well, Dr. Rhonda Patrick will be on this week, and when she's on this week, I'm gonna put something out. Oh where please! She, she talks about it. I'll put it up my Instagram. No, I would love that. Let people because... know what you should do to strengthen your immune system. Do you have a sauna in your house? No. You should get a sauna. Yeah, I I used to go to a sauna place, mm-hmm. but obviously they're closed. The but those funk, are great. If you go to one of them public ones, what kind of funk is going? I know a guy who actually thinks he got it in a sauna. He went in a sauna and he he's like, that's that seems to me where I got it. I think there was a guy really? who was coughing in a sauna. Yeah. Ugh. Well, no, these were. <laughs> No, but the the place I went to, it's your own booth, but uh-huh. they clean it really good. Your own booth? Yeah. It's these little hot boxes. Is that an infrared one, though? Yeah, infrared. Yeah. I don't know if that's really the way to go. Laird Hamilton seems to think that it isn't, and I listen to him a lot when it comes to these sort of things because he does a lot of uh, a lot of sauna work and breath work and things like that, and he said he developed some real skin issues from infrared saunas. The studies that were done... Um, is it Norway that did those studies on sauna use? Yeah. They did studies that showed a 40% decrease of all-cause mortality for people who regularly use the sauna, using the sauna four to five days a week. They showed a 40%, so four to five days a week, I think it was 160-degree temperature um, for 20 minutes, and they showed a 40% decrease of all-cause mortality, cancer, stroke, heart attack, mm-hmm. everything, all, all the different things, because of the body's production of heat shock proteins from regular sauna use. So I have not skipped a day, not one day of a sauna since this happened. I'm very lucky that I have one in my house, and I have one here at the studio. So I've been doing it every fucking day, and I've talked some friends into getting ones where they didn't have room for it in their house. But they, they Costco sells them. You can get a fucking yeah. out, outdoor sauna, barrel sauna, like a thousand bucks. I'm like, think of all the shit you spend money on, and if you if you can afford this, please get one because I think it's massively contributed to my health and also like alleviation of aches and pains. I just feel good. I get it every fucking day, man. Every I, I, day. When I was on my routine, I loved it. Yeah. Loved it, but then everything shut down, and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, maybe that's an investment. Do you have room in your yard? For oh, yeah. Sa- yeah, get oh, one yeah. in barrel saunas, bro. Yeah. Definitely going to do that. Yeah, I, I get in the sauna. I do 25 minutes at 180 degrees, and then I jump in the pool, and I do laps. That's how I end it. That's how I cool off. I, I uh, Speaking about health, I after this is over, I was talking to my doctor. I want to go back in, you know, because we're saying it, it could be my immune, but- this has really opened my eye. Maybe I do have something underlying. You know, it, it makes right. me want to see, okay, what could have caused it besides my immune? If there is something. Like, this is the first time I really want to get checked out. But have you been a guy who gets colds on a regular basis? No. No. How Never. often do you get This sick? is my first time in a hospital besides the concussion. Really? Yeah. So, no. I get one, I get one cold a year in December, about December 14th. Every single year. That's just the time it comes. So do you start thinking around December 10th? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Here yeah. it comes. 100%. Maybe, I know it's coming. Maybe mind fuck yourself. Maybe so. But my wife knows it's coming. She's like, oh, it's about your time. And Jesus, I get it. Jesus, that's like a period. Yeah. Like a yearly period. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a thing where I just feel like, you know, I, I get that one cold. But when I went to the doctor, now I'm like, okay, let me investigate and get a Full checkup from the dude that saved my life, yeah. like everything, yeah. to see if there's any underlying. Yeah, let me condition. know. That's the, I'm very curious. 
I, I have to think it's the travel. I mean, especially listening to that schedule. Flying to New York, doing all those shows, flying back. And, of course, every time you fly, you're tired. Yeah. You know, always. You have to get up in the morning, get to flight, and fly back. And the time zone's all fucked up. And the fact that you went immediately to Vegas and drove four and back in the same day. Yeah. Oh. And then this was at the time where people didn't even wear masks in the plane. Mm. You know, of course, I wore one because my wife made me. She, but it didn't help. <laughs> well, it sounds like we know exactly where you got it. Yeah, it was New York. I got and it. And those guys that were you were with. Yeah, it sounds so like you... a mask. I, I didn't have a mask when I met my friends. Or maybe you gave it to them. No, I don't think so. Oh, you're gonna blame them. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I know I didn't have it. This is why I know I didn't have it. Is because the two comics didn't get it, and right. they were with me there and then one flew back with me mm. and the only time they weren't around me and this was the last show of the whole weekend so i didn't see those comics the day after so i know i got it from them because the other comics didn't get it well my friend sturgill got it when he was traveling in europe then when he came home he's with his wife and kids and no one got it just him see i i bet you if he tested his they wife did. for antibody they, they all tested they didn't have it Hmm. At the same time they tested? Everyone tested. Huh. Because my wife thinks she got it. We got the antibody test, so we're waiting to see. Oh, she, she thinks she has the antibodies. Wait well, a minute. Why didn't the antibody test? Why didn't it it's supposed to take like 15 minutes? Oh, we're, we're not Joe Rogan. We got the one where you got to go in and it takes two days. <laughs> the swab, the nose swab or the finger prick? No, uh, no, they draw your blood. Oh, okay. It's the, an okay. It's the FDA one, I guess. Okay. So now that's available like at some place down the street from our house. Mm -hmm. So she went to go get it. Um, it's just, she couldn't, we couldn't find time because the kids, you know, love her around. And so when is it? Um... We get the results tomorrow. Oh, okay. But I took the, I've taken two Corona tests. I took one before I came here, like Bro, three days ago. Your wife ago. just brushed it off. You're never going to hear the end of it. I think she did. She said, oh yeah, I had a fever for a day. And the kids had one for half a day. I'm like, <sighs> but I think, I got that. I know I got that strand from New York, and it mm -hmm. hit me hard, man. Dude, I think it's travel. I really do. I'm talking to all my comedian friends. Everybody that I've had here that hasn't been traveling, like, dude, I have never felt better in my life. Mm -hmm. I feel great because we're not traveling every weekend. Yeah. I and think then, that shit's terrible. I think it's like drinking every weekend. I really think it's similar. I think it's like, it's like you're beating yourself up. And also, I'm the guy that will... Well, do the show, leave the club at 1, and then get on the 6 a.m. And, yep. and that's what I did, too. Mm -hmm. Well, I did Wendy Williams, so I flew out that night. But usually the two weeks before that, I do the late show, yep. fly out, first flight out, because I want to be with my family. I did the exact same thing. And That's what I did in Florida. And then literally, you're laying around all day going, what the fuck did I do to myself? Right. And you feel horrible the whole day. Exactly. You can't even function. Exactly. Where I think I'm on that new pattern when comedy picks up again. It's like, yeah, I'm going to take the three or four o'clock out. I'm going to take my time yeah. leaving. Yeah. Because I'm worn out. And you don't recover till Monday or Tuesday sometimes when you when you do like mm -hmm. four shows or whatever. Yep. When yeah. you travel. Yeah. I mean, if you can get that IV vitamin drip too, man, that's a big one. I learned that trick from Chappelle. Oh, I yeah. Did, when I did gigs with him, we... we <laughs> <laughs> We would be out late, and then the next day, he's got a nurse that comes to the hotel. We're all sitting around talking shit with IVs. Like, there was a tree. Like, the bag was, like, like branches of the tree. It was, like, Donnell's on one branch, I'm on another branch, and we're all getting IV vitamin drips in the hotel room. Like, this is so weird. But it's so effective. 
After you get it, you're like, fuck, I feel amazing. Is that what got you into them? Yes. Oh, yes. wow. Okay. Yeah. And then a few of my friends get into it. They uh, they do vitamin drips. I've heard about it before. But I, I, I never I did them. it. Yeah, I, I'm all for it. We, you know, Jamie and I do it every week. We oh, we do great. every Wednesday. We have a nurse comes in here and they give us uh, an NAD drip and uh, an IV vitamin drip. Wait, is the NAD is what we talked about last time? Mm-hmm. NAD is that shit that lengthens your telomeres. Yeah. How yeah. does does that make you feel any different? Feel great. I'm I'm a hundred percent in belief that it's made a big difference. You you feel the same? Yeah. Yeah. It it, it works. It does something. Yeah. Uh, Doctor David Sinclair. Uh, had been here and um, from Harvard, and he explained it to us what NAD does and NMN, which is the precursor to NAD. You could take that in pill form as well. Now, is the NAD a slow drip? Does it take longer? Well, you you could do it slow or you could do it fast, but if you do it fast, it's really painful. You do it fast, don't you? I do it as fast <laughs> as I do it wide open. It takes 13 minutes. It's usually supposed to take two hours. What kind of pain are you going through? It's not good. <laughs> Jamie, do you go wide open? I, not well, not wide, but I've been doing it in like 35, 40 minutes. It's uncomfortable. What does it feel like? Like your guts. Your guts are on fire. It feels like you swallowed hot sauce or something. Like you're in agony. Yeah. It's not doesn't feel good. If you do it over a long period, you barely feel it at all. Like the first time we did it, she goes, do you want to do it fast or slow? I go, let's do it pretty fast. And so she did it at one hour. And I'm like, oh, it's kind of uncomfortable, but it's not that big a deal. It's like everything else, man. When people tell me about the swab, like, oh, my God, the swab is so awful. It's so awful. It's not. It's like, Mm-mm. it's just, it's, you get it in there, it's like, ah, ugh, it's weird. It, for but a second. Not that That's big it. a deal. Yeah. Not that big a deal. But the IVNAD, it. When you do it, what I do is I have them open it wide up, so the the bag drains in 13 minutes, and beast. You just but it's 13 minutes versus an whether you an hour of feeling like shit or 13 minutes of really feeling like shit. I'll take the 13. Okay, minutes. after the 13 minutes though, is it done? Like yes. the pain just goes, goes away. away as soon as the drip is done. It's exactly, done. exactly. It lasts like an extra couple of minutes. And then I do the IV vitamin bag after that, and that's nothing. That's nothing. That literally yeah. feels like nothing. Dude, that's beast. My friend was telling me about that. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, you should try it. It feels real weird. Like, the people that told me about it, like, it feels like your guts are on fire. I'm like, how is that possible? Like, what? It's, but it's an IV? Like, what is it? But it's just like you feel it in your chest. It just feels really uncomfortable. Like, Ugh, this is what it feels like. If I could show you right here. Ready? Mm-hmm. You just but, deal with it for 13 minutes. So just yeah, just suck it up. Open it wide up. I try like tried it first. I go open that wide up. Let me feel what that's like. And I was like, I'm like I think I could take this. Let's and just is try it, it is it instant? Like you, as soon as they open it up, you felt that. Oh yeah, right <sighs> away. Because the drip's going like this. It's just flown into your veins. Yeah. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, I, I would be the you. I would be the hour hour and a half dude. Mm, I can't. I'm not. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, no, no. I when stuff goes in me, yeah, I, I I'm scared. I hear David Goggins going, "Stay hard, motherfucker! <laughs> no, right. Don't be Stay a pussy! Hard. Don't be a pussy! Open it up! Open it up!" It's not. I would rather go through thirty. I always mock Jamie, but Jamie goes pretty fast. 
Yeah, now that, okay. So it's, my explanation of it is it's like at a little exponentially, it goes up. That 25, 30 minute range sucks, but any faster than that, it sucks hard. Like oh. I started feeling it in my fingers. It's a big suck. It was like, it sucked. So when you open that bitch wide and you do the no. 13 minute jammy, 13 minutes is as fast as I can do it. I told them, and then I also put the um, the the tree, the fucking pole where the ivy's hanging. I put it on a table, so it's more dra- gravity. Oh, great! So it'd go even faster. Is thirteen minutes the fastest it as can fast go? Fast as it can go. Yeah. <laughs> You're crazy. But it's just it's I, just pain. I want to feel it too. I want to know what it feels like. Like um, it's a mind. I play a little mind game with myself. It's <laughs> ridiculous. It's not though. It is. It's not. I mean, it's your thing. I, I, I respect want that. to. Um, I want to have control over uh, what what I uh, assign to sensations. So you know? does it? Does the pain lessen every time you do it, or is it no. the same? No. No. You don't build up a tolerance. No. No. To I get pain. nervous every week. Every week, right before I do it, I'm like, "Fuck! Here we go." And I just get myself in the mindset. And then once it's happening, it's just happening. Okay. Then I watched Jerry Seinfeld this time. That distracted the shit out of me. <laughs> Tiger King distracted the shit out of me. Did you like Tiger King? Yes, I did. I love Tiger it. King. Loved it. Yeah. Was, it's amazing to me how some people just live. Yeah. Like that's so f- disconnected. <laughs> yeah. There's a certain <laughs> special type of, of person. That is like really into those goddamn big cats too, like that was one thing that I got out of that. Like, there's a special type of person that's into like having big cats in their backyard and shit. Have you ever messed with a cat? No. Oh yeah. No, the little cat that I had—it's a little fucking baby cat. I was scared as fuck of that thing. I told you how I corralled yeah. that thing, threw a blanket over it or whatever it was. Yeah, I just robe. I just find when you give certain people lots of land. They'll do crazy <laughs> shit to it. <laughs> yeah, because you, got, yeah, you have ATV tracks and shit, and gun range. Yeah. My friend has this ranch in Austin, Texas, in the middle of nowhere. And he always asked me to go. But they got guns. They sh- they blow up cars. They, they use dynamite. <laughs> that sounds very Texas. <laughs> it's so Texas. They ride horses. And I'm like, no, because I can see myself, and I'm a worry rat, I can see myself going there and getting shot on accident. Mm. Like, they're that dude. They drink Oh. They shoot guns. They drink and then shoot guns? They're blowing up cars when they're drunk. Like, that's them. Oh. He has a lot of money. So yeah, he's going to die. He just gets used cars. No puts one's going to feel bad if he dies that way. Hey, they're he's a good go, friend. Oh, well, man. He, he, he parties hard. If he, you drink and shoot guns and something goes wrong, people are like, well, what would you think was going to happen? Yeah. He has a helicopter. So helicopter. <laughs> so what does this guy do for a living? I don't want to say, but <laughs> you don't want to say. Well, it, it, well, now he's in oil business. Oh, there you go, Texas. So, like, I I just see them in a copter drinking. Like, this is on. He sends me the video, and then shooting a car and it blows up from a helicopter. <laughs> from a helicopter. Oh my god, <laughs> Texas is a special place. It is. That's real freedom. They don't give a fuck down there. No, they don't. Like, uh, Austin, Texas, uh, where uh, my friend Adam lives, Adam Curry, he's already eaten at restaurants. He sent me, this was like before I went to Florida, he, he sent me a message, said he went to a restaurant, they didn't wear a mask, everybody's eating, normal. Like, isn't it crazy how quickly that went away? Oh, yeah. 
Well, I think I think people now are just accepting people are going to die. Like if the president just came out and said, "Look, a lot of people going to die, but us for to us to get back, uh, you, we need to go out." So it's almost like herd immunity. Yeah, but if you say something like that, people are going to go crazy. Like, how callous are you to say it? You can't say it that way. They won't go crazy. You know why? Because right now in America, it's so divided. Where no matter what Trump says, liberals are going to go nuts. Mm. His base. Fine with it. You know, so it's going to be the same. We would think people yeah, would go nuts. you say that, but if someone in your family does something and then goes out and dies because But that's happening now. Them, that's happening now. What do you mean? People are going out with no mask and they're catching stuff and, and then 80,000 people are dead. So that's somebody's families. Those people are in. Right. I want to know and out he's of those saying, people that are dying, what are the extenuating circumstances? How many of them are old? So I read something. I need to know if this is true. Someone said that the Google this, the average age of people who've died from the coronavirus is older than the average age that people die. Hmm. I haven't heard that. Yeah. I, but I I've read heard, that. And I've I went, heard 60 and up. I was on the way out the door. I was like, God, I got to remember to look at that. I heard I've read stuff. And like I said, there's so many different stories out there, but I've heard that Corona are killing people a decade before they're supposed to die. But yeah, when you say that though, that's when you're that old, anything can kill you. Absolutely. Right, when you're 75 years old and you get the flu, you have a very high likelihood you're gonna die. It's much higher than if you're 35 years mm -hmm. old and you get the flu. That's like with everything. You know, so what are we gonna do when the flu comes around? Are we gonna change our behavior? Are we going to uh, isolate and social distance each other when the flu is around? But the difference with the flu, you have a vaccine. You sometimes have sometimes, a vaccine. Yeah, but at least but there's all, comfort yes, to there's people. something to the there's, flu shot. Exactly. Yeah. But with corona, you don't have that yet. So, And the problem is it just started. Mm -hmm. You know, so you have no answers. And literally, a new strand could come out. They don't even know if it mutates yet. You yeah. know, they're saying it doesn't. Well, they think it does, actually. It does. They think that in India, they have a completely different strain that will, if they come up with a vaccine for the, the coronavirus that we have here, it won't be effective on the coronavirus that they have in India. See? I mean, so, it, like, there's so many things that's... It's just not known, and that's what makes it scary to people, and that's why so misinformation. So, so what does it say here? This is this, the table from the CDC's uh, updated as of, I guess, this is last week. Okay, but this is not what I'm looking for. This I'd, is going to be too, too broad. No one's written that article, though. I don't know how they're to find it, though. Yeah. No one wrote that article. I mean, what do you mean? I can't find, like... That specific question. Did you ask answered. it that way? The average age of people dying from coronavirus is older than the average well, age that people die? When I type it's, that in, this is the article that comes up. So it mm, says 85 years, 13,000, 75 to 84, 12,000, 65 to 74, 9,000. Yeah. Dude, the, COVID, the COVID deaths are in this column. So correct. the average age people die is somewhere in the range of 75. It says 78.54 right? when I typed it in. So 78.54 is when people die. So 75 to 84 years old would be the average age people die, and that's 12,000 people. Over 85 is 13,000 people. So that's the vast majority of people. The larger number of people is the 75 to 84 to 85-year-old, 85-plus-year-old. Yeah. So that, that does make sense. That is correct then. Wow. I keep staring at that 45 to 54 number. I said it could have been 2263. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah.
it's a, it's relatively small yeah. for the younger people. And then when you get to 15 to 24, there's only been 48 deaths. 5 to 14, four deaths. 1 to 4, two deaths. Under four, under one, four deaths. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's not good when anybody dies of no. any disease. But this is it is interesting, and it, it it points to the immune system. It points to uh, whether or not your immune system can fight it off. Yeah, I, I let me tell you, I'm staying like I'm doing the drips. I'm gonna get a drip uh, later this week. I had one a couple weeks ago because I've always been in the drips. How drip. do you eat? Do you eat well? Do you eat healthy? Oatmeal in the morning. I, yeah. What do you eat? Well, I wake up eat oatmeal in the morning. Not really that good. For Avocado. You. Avocado's pretty good for yeah. you. Yeah. Oatmeal's and, just carbs. Okay. And then uh, I'm just telling you what I eat. <laughs> and then uh, for lunch, uh, I eat the same thing every day. I have uh, a turkey bowl. It's just turkey, rice, and beans. And then um, for dinner, I'll have a salad. Do you hate flavor? Yeah, I'm not in. I'm not a foodie. Really? At all? Like I don't like. Yeah, I can, mm. I'm like a robot. I could eat the same thing really? every single day. I do eat the same thing every single day. Really? Yeah. Maybe that's your problem. Eating the same thing? Boring-ass bullshit food. And then I eat a salad yeah. at night with, like, fish or chicken or something like that. Boring. I am boring. I am boring. <laughs> my, my, my wife is like, you want to order a pizza tonight or something? Like, I'll, I'll do, yeah, I'll switch it up when she wants to eat. But as far as me, but, I, like, in college, I did that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you wake up in the morning. When you play college football, you eat this. Afternoon, you eat this. Like, I was on creatine. Like, we were a testicle for creatine. So they gave us that six times a day, but you had to stay on this certain diet. I gained mm. like almost 60 pounds in like yeah. a year. Creatine put some weight on you. <laughs> Made my face fat. Yeah. You it was, like, oh, it was Samoan. Yeah. I turned Samoan. <laughs> <That's what> I, <laughs> well, you retain so much water. That's the interesting thing about when I did the carnivore diet. I did the carnivore diet. I wound up losing, I think, somewhere around 13 pounds in a month. And I got ripped. I got really shredded. But also your muscles get smaller. Like everything got smaller, my face got smaller, everything got smaller because you, your body's retaining less water mm. because you don't have glucose in your system, you don't have as much glycogen. You, it's different. You're not eating carbohydrate. I, I wasn't eating any carbohydrates. At okay, all. so since I'm starting with oatmeal, what should I be starting with? Well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with oatmeal. I mean, oatmeal's fine. Oh, you just it's shit just, on my oatmeal. It's just, <laughs> there's not a lot of nutrients in it. Yeah. It's okay. It's 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 good carbohydrates. You yeah. Know? Oatmeal's with blueberries is a good way to get started. Uh-huh. Do, when do you like to work out? Do you work out in the morning? I work, as soon as I wake up. As soon as you wake up. I, I drink so you eat uh, first and then work out. No, I drink uh, three uh, cups of water. Mm-hmm. Work out. I mean, uh, three cups of water. Then I have um, a little shake with that layered stuff. Mm-hmm. The superfood. Mm-hmm. So I have that, and then I work out. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. I mean, it's a little something-something. Um, I've done both. I do uh, a fasted exercise, so I'll uh, not eat for 16 hours, and then I get up in the morning, and I'll either run or I'll do yoga, or on a crazy day, I'll do both. I'll run with the dog for an hour, and then I'll go and do a yoga class for an hour and a half. None, no food. But I'm pretty wrecked by the time the yoga class is over. Yeah, I I sometimes do the fast thing, too. And I'll run, and then I'll go work out. And I feel great, but if you get through it, you feel so good. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And you feel like you did something. Yeah, you did something. Like, you, you really overcame. did something. You struggled. The struggle's real. What I like is uh, fruit um, before I work out. It seems like that's the... Like today I had some bananas and then I did some kickboxing. I feel like there's something about fruit where it's not heavy. 
it's not gonna fuck with my di- like if if I'm working out really hard and I'm digesting food, it feels like shit. Yeah. It feels terrible. Mm-hmm. But for me, oranges, apples, fruit, some blueberries, that's nice. It gives me just a little bit of sugar, a little bit of just to get me going. I'll drink some coffee and then I can get a good workout in. And it's just enough fuel to power me through a workout. I've tried both ways. I definitely could work out harder when I have some fuel. I uh, was watching TV. This happened a couple of weeks ago, and I started laughing because all that popped into my head was you when they released the footage of those UFOs. <laughs> I was like, Joe Rogan is going to talk about this the I'm next so day. Happy. <laughs> I'm so happy. I but love the, it. But wasn't that released like a year ago? Well, it was leaked. But it was then leaked. the Pentagon finally, look, in the middle of the pandemic, what a great time to just admit there's UFOs. Because one of the things that I said on my Instagram, I was like, in any other time in history, if the government came out and said there are flying saucers that defy our understanding of propulsion and physics, the, the world would go crazy. But in 2020, people are like, eh, like nothing. Has, has anybody seen those pilots? Well, I've had one of them on here. Oh, so he, yeah, he's a believer. David, yeah, uh, doctor. Commander David Fravor. I had him uh, on the podcast, and he was explaining the whole thing to me, like his experience off the coast of San Diego running into one of these things. I mean, there's people that are debunkers. But they, they need to understand this is not just visual. They, they had very specific like actual real data, including radar, they track these things, they use sophisticated military tracking. These are real objects. This is not like, there's a lot of dummies out there that want to debunk everything. Mm -hmm. And they're just as much of a religious person as someone who's a true believer. They're a true believer that everything can be explained. Well, not everything can be explained. And these things can't be explained. When the when they're explaining how these things traveled at, at these like they went from like six feet off the ground to sixty thousand feet in a matter of a couple of seconds, they, they they fly in some way that these military aircraft pilots can't explain. They don't understand it, and they don't know what they are. Now, whether they're from another planet, that's never been proven. They might be interdimensional. They might be something from here. They might be some super sophisticated top of the food chain, top secret stuff that they're exposing these people to just so they freak out and like, let's let's see if they can get a, you know, get an explanation for this. Let's let's launch these things and have them fly past people at these preposterous rates of speed and see what the reaction is. Do you think those those type of secrets, if there are? Are higher than the president. Do you really? Do you think there's an organization that's above presidents? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Here's yeah. why: presidents come and go. They yeah. come every four years. We're gonna trust some dipshit who wins a popularity contest. Trump's a perfect example of that. Here's a guy who's not even a politician, lifelong businessman who wins a popularity contest, gets to be in the most powerful office, most powerful position, really the world's ever known. President of the United States, commander in chief of the greatest army. This entire planet has ever seen. You're gonna tell him? You're gonna tell Trump? I mean, think think of the great. He believes Obama's from Kenya. He believes a lot of people believe that. <laughs> but you know, look, you, you see those birth certificates. It's like, yeah, uh, well, is this real? Who knows? <laughs> um, and by the way, Obama's um, uh, when he was in college, his publicist for um, his whatever book he was publishing or whatever. I forget what it was, but wrote down as in his bio, born in Kenya. So it wasn't just 
a couple of people. It was literally somebody who was working with Obama wrote down that he was born in Kenya. Does that mean he was born in Kenya? No, it doesn't. It might mean that the publicist thought it would be cool to say yeah. he was born in Kenya because mm -hmm. it'd make, wow, this guy's gone so far. And look at him. Now he's at Harvard and he was born in Kenya. It's It makes for a better story. It makes for a better story. Yeah. So you have to take all the possibilities into consideration, you know? But anyway, Obama, uh, Trump was a, tr he was, that was his thing. He was a birther, right? So yeah. he believes a lot of wacky shit. And, and if you gave him access to that, he would have yes. definitely told us stuff by now. Of course, of course, there's UFOs. There, I mean, he well, out Jimmy the Carter said that he would. He said that he had actually seen a UFO, and that if he got into the office, he would tell everybody. And he got into office and didn't say shit. Didn't say shit. I really think when people go in there, man, I like if you're a president, they out. say this is what we can keep you alive on. Mm -hmm. If you talk about this, yeah. we can't. We can't protect you. Like, I honestly think they, they have that conversation with him. Well, if you look at what Obama said before he got into office versus what he did when he got into office, there's two possible scenarios. One, he got into office and then he got compromised and he became corrupt and he became a part of the system. Two, his understanding when he was running for president of what the, how the world really works is vastly different than how the world actually works. And then once you get in there, you realize that the huge spectrum of threats to the United States and to people that are coming from all around the world all the time and what needs to be done to mitigate these threats. I'm more inclined to believe the latter. I think yeah. it's more like that. I think, I think you, you have these idealistic perspectives that once you get into office, they, they get sort of dashed. And you go, holy shit. You're like, oh, everybody wants. That's why they all look old, too. I think the pressure that they're like, what the fuck? I think the whole world's barely keeping it together every day. Every day of the year, barely keeping it together. You got like this fucking Libya is a failed state. And they're having slave auctions on YouTube. And you've got ISIS is plotting these fucking these attacks here and this group and Boko Haram is doing this and fucking Al Qaeda is doing that and the Taliban and uh, all day mm -hmm. China's doing this and North Korea's got that and uh, I think every fucking president deals with a new b b series of potential terrorist attacks, a new series of uh, religious fanatics that want to blow things up and kill people, and you've got white nationalists that are going to Christchurch, New Zealand, and shooting people in a mosque, and it's like all day long you've got madness. And if you're the one person that won the popularity contest, and all of a sudden you're sitting in the fucking <laughs> control room and they're explaining everything to you, you're like... The Situation Room with Wolf Blitzer. You know, like, <laughs> come on, man. I mean, breaking I, news every time they come on. Breaking news. Breaking news. I think it's madness. It's madness. That's what I think. I think all day long it's madness. Yeah, it's it's scary, man. Yeah. It's scary. Like, I think I'm, they keep Trump in the dark. They feed him Adderall and let him watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians. And he's just like... <laughs> 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 he just, just tweets about people he's mad at. How I mean, Don Lemon, you piece of shit, and he gets mad at people. I mean, how crazy is this that our president just tweets, tweets all the he all tweeted the time. I think over the weekend 126 times or retweets. Bro, I don't <laughs> even have time to tweet. You yeah. know when I if I it's so rare that I tweet something. Most of my tweets come from Instagram. I'll post a picture on Instagram and that gets tweeted. That's that's, that's most it. of the time. If I tweet once in a day, it's a lot. That's a crazy day. I wonder if somebody runs. Do you think somebody runs his account and nope. do that? 
You no, think it's actually him? Yes, on the- I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I don't see I'm how positive. you have to- because I'm, I'm not positive, but I'm, I really believe that. Because I think that if you look at his pattern before he was ever president, that's how he did things. Yeah. He always he should always just talk shit. It's the way he gets the word out, and it's you know it's real controversial, man. I mean, because some of the things that he says, like he's threatening people, like he's he's threatened North Korea with with missiles and shit. Did you think that uh, dictator was dead when that came out? Kim I was Jung. hoping I was hoping he's dead because yeah. I wanted to see what happens if his sister takes over. I thought that'd be fun. Uh, she has my name, Yo. That was pretty cool. Because <laughs> I, like, <laughs> I am Korean, and so I was like, Yo, <laughs> we got a Yo in the house. Got a Yo in the house. Yeah, I I was I was thinking, but apparently Jamie said that the story is that he faked his own death so that he could find out who the traitors were. Good plan. Makes sense. Makes sense to me. Yeah, and if you look at him, like, he says heart attack, like, okay, look at him. Yeah, the I mean. motherfucker looks like he's ready for a heart attack. Well, then that must also mean he's threatened in some way, too, where oh, yeah. there's, some, there's some. Listen, when you're a fucking dictator. Yeah. Every day, it's like, think of the horrible shit he's done. He killed his own uncle, right? He had his own uncle killed. And his brother. Yeah. And his brother. And it... The uncle's brother, right? Or his brother? No, his, I believe he got a, that's the airport one, where he killed his brother in an airport. He had him, um. They gave him some poison or something, uh, allegedly. I guess. Really? I, yeah. I don't know about that. I, but didn't he? He killed someone with a missile. Oh yeah, he blew him up. Yeah. yeah. I think it was his uncle. Yeah, he shot it, his uncle with a missile. Is it anyone that tied was tied a dude to a pole and then fucking hid behind a rock? <laughs> That's fucking crazy. <laughs> like, like anyone I guess that could take power mm-hmm. or in the realm of taking power, he got rid of him. Yeah. They said that uh, I can't. I don't know their numbers, but let's say thirteen people were like his father's crew. Like only two of them survived. The rest, the, the other eleven, threw like disappeared. Well, you got to think once he assumes power, and people realize like well, this guy's just born into power, and there's probably a lot of people plotting against him. A lot yeah. of military people plotting against him, and that's a dark country where they all plot against each other and they all rat on each other. It's built into the system. You know, that they're all supposed to tattletale on each other? I, I just feel like, you know, like this dude came in like a football coach. He's like, I'm firing everybody. I'm going to have my own team. And yeah. instead of firing people, he just killed them. I think he, that's what they do over there. Man, I don't know. But my mom, she's from South Korea. She's like, she's, I always ask, oh, is North Korea ever going to do something to South Korea? She's like, nah. Like, people from there seem as no threat. Well, it's just that's a what's sad, crazy. It's a sad country. Yeah. It's sad. And a lot of the reason why it's the way it is is the United States' interference. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if you look at the history of North Korea, like how it got started, and wh- why they became this horrific military military dictatorship, you can kind of trace a good chunk of it to uh, American policy mm-hmm. and what we did in Korea during the Korean War. It's fucking crazy shit, man. Yeah, it's it's this world, oh, man. It's just nuts. Like I don't know if you saw the video of. That kid that was jogging, Ahmad? Yes. I mean, what is going on? Like, I'm not surprised. I can say I'm not surprised. Like, something it's horrific. Would... It's horrific. See that guy in the back of the pickup truck with a shotgun? The other guy jumps out, and he's trying to grab the shotgun from him, and they shoot him. Like, what? My thing is, how do we have laws that say that you could chase somebody with guns. And here's the thing. If you notice in the video, the truck is in front of him. So they chased him, got in front of him. The guy that's running behind him, it's almost like, like Ahmad was trapped. A guy chasing you with a camera. 
the truck was already pulled up. So it was certainly trapped. I mean, they, trapped. they chased him down, and it's vigilantism. Even look, even if he did something, I mean, I don't even know if he did anything. No, he they didn't. said he was just running. But no, there's actually photographs. There's videos of him walking into uh, a house being built. Like it's just wood right. inside. Right. He looked at it. What I told my right. wife, well, I would do that shit when I was a kid. Me too. I right. was telling my wife, we just did that the other day. They're building a house, and we just, oh, let's see where yeah. this is. And and then he jogs on. Right. Didn't steal anything. Didn't have anything. Just jogging. Now, how do we come to a point in our country where two men can chase him down with guns, and then get in a fight with him, and then say it was self-defense? Well, I think Georgia has some crazy laws. In citizens terms of, arrest. Like, citizens arrest, and also. They have ties to law enforcement. Yes, the uh, father was with the DEA. And then the prosecutor, the local prosecutor, uh, wrote this letter that said, basically, he burglarized, the kid Ahmad burglarized something, which he didn't. And they had every right to pull him over. And when he didn't stop, they got in a fight. And so they had every right to kill him. So now the... uh, The government came in, like the big dogs came in, and then... They arrested the people in two days, and it was just like, ah, uh, we don't think so. And it here's the thing. It took social media outcry. It did. It did. It took the outrage of people finding out about the case. But when I found out that it happened months ago. Oh, 223. Like, February 20, I mean, so Jeremy, February 23rd. months, these guys were out, and they knew that they had shot him. And then here's no, what's really crazy. They had the video. Here's what's really crazy. The video was released by their own lawyer. You know why? Because he they, thought it showed that the guy uh, tried to take the gun away. Look, this is gonna free you. Gonna, I'm doing the southern accent. <laughs> hey, I got an idea. <laughs> We're gonna release the video, and then everyone's gonna know. That dude released the video, and this is what I heard. He Thinking released a, that it helped his helped clients him because the guy didn't stop when they tried to pull him over. Fuck! Imagine being. Uh, a 25-year-old black man and two white guys in the back of a pickup truck with shotguns pull over and there's no one else around. Holy fuck. What was the kid supposed to do? Just stop and talk right. to two men with guns? Exactly. It's it's and then and then I was listening to reports like before this video even came out. Here's what's crazy is the police had the video at the beginning and they still dismissed it. They had this at the beginning. They didn't release it. The lawyer released it, like you said. <sighs> so they had it at so the beginning. crazy that the lawyer thought that that was going to help his clients. You know what I think? And I don't know much about the person that shot it. But if I'm guessing, everybody's throwing out. I think he shot the video, whoever this guy was. It's almost like a hero video. Look at this. We caught a guy that burglarized. Like, they felt like, oh, this is. And, and then the guns start going off. And yeah. Like, Holy fuck. Yeah. Maybe. And then the vigilantism is scary, man, because people just decide that they're right and they decide that this is the this is the person and no due process, no trial. None. And you're pulling up with shotguns drawn like cops don't even do that, man. They turn the lights on first. They pull you over. They start talking to you. They don't pull the gun out right away when you're just jogging. Well, some cops do. Mm. (laughs) I mean, it's happened before. There's a lot of video of that, too. Video of that, too. So but I do think I mean, it's deep south. I mean, hookworm territory. Hookworm. It's 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 racism. I think racism led it too, you know. Well, it's very likely. Yeah, it's at, very. At the very least, it has to be considered as one of the the main components of this sort Absolutely. of interaction. Absolutely. I I just feel that you know 
anytime you bring up race, you'll have the audience that goes, oh, you got to bring up race. But this was a black guy that got shot by two white guys with, with shotguns. Let's take away race. Let's say the two guys shot a white guy that was jogging. It's still wrong. Yeah, it's you still know, wrong. It's it is, still even, wrong. If, even if you take the potential racism out. Take it out. You got a 25-year-old just kid who's out jogging. Yeah. And these guys pull up with shotguns and tell them to, you know, hey, we want to talk to you. Like, fuck. Well, you've heard this. Some people don't even think racism is real. They're like, oh, there's no racism in America. Well, who and, says that? I mean, I've heard racist people. <laughs> <laughs> but anybody who doesn't believe it, well, it's like saying sexism isn't real. But they well, don't think it's big it's as it is. You know, like you, you said something at the comedy store, and it may have been in one of your specials, where you were talking about something. And you said, that's only four people ago. Yeah, the United States, 1776. Yeah, that's yeah. only four people ago. Three people ago. Three people ago. So if you think about that, right? right. Three people ago, people own people. Own people. So yeah. you were racist, and yeah. then your kids were racist. Yeah. My dad is that third level, being black, had to go through racism. So we're still in it. It can't go away that fast. It takes but, a long time to go away when you've got the roots of it that's still deeply embedded in these cities, right? Like yeah. Places like... Baltimore, where Georgia. they had those red lines where you, you weren't even allowed to sell a home to someone who was black in certain districts. Yeah. It was illegal. I, man, my dad has a PhD in nuclear physics and ha went to a college where he couldn't even eat at restaurants on campus. And Where was that? Uh, he went to Oklahoma State. You couldn't even eat at, at certain restaurants on campus. What year was this? Well, he's 75. So... 60s so during Maybe. the civil rights the, all the riots yeah. and fuck. he led my dad was in marches to try to get the local restaurant to let him in so it's a thing where i when people go ah racism isn't that bad my dad is only 75 right right, right. and he went through it during his life during his He's lifetime alive right now yeah. so and this is when and this is when my dad was telling me when he was growing up this is how crazy my dad said he didn't even know he was poor growing up because they never left the area. They couldn't go anywhere. Wow. He never knew they were poor. He never saw white people because they weren't allowed to go anywhere anyway. So he never <sighs> knew they were in poverty. You know, I was reading this horrible story about even after slavery was abolished, one of the things that they would do was they would capture black men for loitering and force them into going into labor camps. Mm -hmm. So they would literally enforce slavery, but do slavery by having them in prison yep. and forcing them to do labor. Now, when I, the reason why I bring this up, right now, there was a garbage strike, garbage workers strike. And so they brought in prisoners. They kicked, find out where this is. They, this is, I'm not, I don't remember where it was, but I was reading and I was like, what in the fuck? So these guys, the garbage men made $10 an hour. They fired all the striking garbage men and brought in prisoners to do this. Here it is. Prison labor replaces striking garbage workers in New Orleans. Stop and think about that. They yeah. said, you know what? You, you want more than $10 an hour? I got a better idea. We'll get people to do it for free. So they're essentially reigniting slavery yep. in New Orleans when it comes to taking care of garbage. Yeah. I mean, it's still around. But the fact that they think that's okay. That this is like, well, I got a solution. Yeah. And the fact that you don't think someone should get more than $10 an hour to fucking take care of people's garbage. garbage. That's a, it's insane. It's insane. And bringing in 
literally slaves. Yeah. Well, they shouldn't have done that. They would be paid only 13% of what garbage makers, so the garbage workers who, who are only making $10.25 an hour. So they're going to get 13% of that, which is, what is that? Is that, I got buck 50? It's lower than that. It's like 75 cents, right? It's, like, it's about a dollar, probably. Dollar? Yeah. Fuck. Maybe $1.30. Fuck. I mean, that's just modern day slavery. It is slavery. Yeah. I mean, giving them a dollar, that's insane. But some people would say, you know, they're inmates. They did wrong. That's right. Hold on. But we'll go scroll back up there. Listen to this. Metro Services Group has, a lo has long been an advocate of helping persons who had been incarcerated return to society in a meaningful and productive way, said the city sanitation services in a statement. Metro makes no apologies for this policy as a core element of our commitment to being good corporate citizens. Under state rules, prison inmates employed by Metro Services will be paid only 13% of what garbage workers make. Fuck. A corporate citizen. What does that mean? That's right. I have no idea. But that is so, that that is so that is so crazy. It's weird because there's no end of the quotation marks. I mean, did this actually? Did it go through? How yeah, long did happening. it happen? Oh fuck! This is happening. I Despite this... the use of inmates, garbage workers say they will continue to strike in New Orleans. They have built widespread community. Uh, they have built widespread community spreads from unions and community groups, but still. That doesn't even make any sense. They have built widespread community spreads. From unions and community groups. But what, what a weird sentence. From unions and community groups, but still the city has refused to meet them and discuss their safety concerns. So they have a lot of support from unions in the community. Yeah. But okay. they won't meet with them still. Oh, I see. They've built, they've built widespread community. I think they want to say have built widespread community support. Support, yeah. From yeah. unions and community yeah. groups. Yeah. Um, it, they wrote spreads instead of support, I think. And said so they're, they aren't trying to hear us, says Woods. They don't care about us. They would let anything happen. Ugh, this is awful. See, I mean. If they were the sick, we don't care. Uh, they don't care if we spread the disease. They just don't care. Yeah, I mean, uh, just a human being making $10 an hour to do a full-time job is fucking insane. It's insane. And uh, a grown man in a union mm -hmm. that can't get more than $10 an hour, how fucking crazy is that? This is this is what we're living in. And I often wonder, you know, I always think about your three people ago, and I go, how long is it going to take? How many people from us? Right. Is it going to take? You know, I'm like maybe five, maybe six, if the world is still around. Well, because there will always be racism, some racism. Not necessarily always, because we could get to a point where we're indistinguishable, right? We, yes, I get you. you but know, they'll find another. They'll thing. find something else. It'll be classism. You know, classism, or it'll be a, a, it'll be a financial thing, or an intelligence thing. You know, unless unless they get to genetic and en engineering. Unless genetic engineering reaches a point where literally there is no disparity in human beings in terms of intelligence, looks, all those things. But what is that going to be like? I mean, yeah. There's always going to be competition. There's always going to be weirdness, right? There's always, you know, always going to be those women that can bounce back from pregnancy quicker. There's always going to be men like you know, super geniuses where knuckleheads like us are scratching our head. Yeah. Going, How the <laughs> fuck did they even think of that? I always think that every time I talk to Elon, every time I have that dude in here, I'm like, life isn't fair. How's yeah. it fair? I'm so much dumber than him. 
and you know, I sit down and talk to him. It's like him talking to a chimp. Like, you know, it's like he's talking to a toddler. Like, but you can lift more weights. Oh, I'll fuck him up. <laughs> if we had to fight to death, I'm the one who's going to walk out of the room like, there you go. Sorry I had to kill him. But he's, he's so much smarter than me. Like, it's not even close. He's a large man, too. He's bigger than me, too. He's, um, the, the world's not fair, right? And unless we figure out a way to make it fair, which is almost impossible. You can't. Can. There's going to be prejudice. There's going to be disparity. There's going to be some people. Look, one thing that I talked to him about, Elon, I thought was really interesting. He's got this new thing that he's working on called Neuralink. And this Neuralink is going to rapidly increase our ability to access information. And he, he literally said, we're going to be able to communicate without talking. And I had talked about this on the podcast before, that we're going to be able to read each other's minds. And I, I've said this, like, but stoned, do we want that? Stoned as a joke. It's not a matter of what we want. Do yeah. you think the chimps were like, uh, do you, you know, one day we're gonna um, have cars that pollute the earth? The chimps like, do we want that? <laughs> like, they, they didn't sit around and think that. Yeah. Like, do I get a gun? Fuck yeah! I'm gonna go to the fucking Michigan Capitol and with my gun. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is just what happens. Whether or not we want that, this is what happens. And what he's saying is essentially that one day. With this Neuralink, you're going to have uh, incredibly boosted powers of, of, of cognition. You're going to be a different thing than you are now. So my take on it was, okay, well, what would be the difference? He goes, well, you'd have so much more access to resources. You would be able to get so much more done. You'd be so much more produ productive. So th but, but what I was saying is, but what about the people who can't afford this? The people that can afford it would get so far ahead that the people, you know, like, before cell phones were around, you remember? Do you remember the movie um, Wall Street? Yeah, of course. Right. Do you remember Michael Douglas walking around with that stupid brick? Yep. He was walking around with that big old brick, like, and we're like, guys, guys, a baller. <laughs> he's on the beach and he's still right. talking. <laughs> <laughs> now yes. everybody can do that. Yeah. Right. But there was a long period of time, you know, years where only wealthy people had cell phones all the time. Now everyone does. But by the, if Neuralink happens. And some wealthy people have this insane access to resources and this insane bandwidth and this ability to communicate without words long before people like you or I get it. If those billionaires get it first, they're going to be able to be, they'll be so far ahead of us. And who they'll says they so have to share it? Right. And then forget about us. What about really poor people? They're, they're going to be fucked. They're going to be like these goddamn garbage workers. They're just scratching, trying to get more than $10 an hour. And people are like, fuck you. We'll, we'll use slaves, literal slaves. Well, then that goes to your racism thing. It becomes a classism thing. Yes, it becomes a classism thing. So there's thing. always yeah. going to be something. Yep. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But to me, when hate is involved with it, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think that's where we should draw the line. But that's, that's more of where I'm going is, like, how many people from us, like, where it's just... You don't just kill random people jogging down the street, you know. Yeah. It's hard. It's it's hard to imagine that that still goes on today, right? But then when you hear about your dad and that your dad went to college in a place where he couldn't eat at the same places as white people, you're like, what? On campus? On campus? Yeah. On campus? Mm -hmm. In his lifetime, it's changing. It's getting better, right? That that doesn't exist and today. This, and this is what I don't like. And I, some black people, I don't want to say just black people, but some black people, when they go, ah, oh, 
you know, my dad hears this and he always gets mad about it. He goes, when they, when some black people go, it's no better than it was way back in the day. But dad goes, excuse me, uh, you're 25 years old saying that right. I went through the shit. Right. It is a lot better. It's a lot better. I'm in my house. <laughs> I can go to any restaurant I want. Right. You know, and that's the interracial relationship doesn't mean anything anymore. No, I mean, to it most doesn't. people, to, to most, most people. people, most people don't care at all. And that's the whole thing is that my dad is like, some black people discredit the whole journey because they try to just say, ah, it's just like it was before. No. No. no well, have not. you ever read any of Steven Pinker's work? Mm-mm. Steven Pinker is a really, really brilliant guy. And one of the things that he gets criticized for is showing how much less violent the world is today, how much less crime there is, how much less rape, how much less murder. And this is essentially the safest place, the safest time ever in human history. And, and people are like, you're dis- discrediting all of the horrors that happen. He's like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Mm. I'm not. I'm not dismissing all the terrible things that happen in the world. But we're saying even though those things do exist, they exist at a far less frequent time, uh, far, le- far less frequently than did 100 years ago, 200 years ago, and any time throughout human history. There's a trend, and that trend is that society is getting safer, and people are getting nicer, and people are getting, they're, they're getting better. We're, like we're, I, we're growing and learning. Well, I also think now, like I'm from my family, my dad's side, I'm the first person that dealt with, like I, I would say I deal with racism, but not on the scale my dad dealt with it. Not, and my dad didn't deal with it on the scale his father, my grandfather right. dealt with it. So it's kind of like, and I'm teaching my kids not to be that way. So I feel like these kids that are young growing up, they're going to be so much more sensitive towards other people yeah. than we were. For sure. Because we were still, I wouldn't say like in it, in it, but we were in it, like in my household. You know what I mean? Like my dad, you know, would tell me stories of what happened to him. And I was like, wow, you went through that. But I went to a school in Houston, Texas, where I stood out. My parents were the only mixed couple. I was the only mixed kid at our school, like, I, I believe, because I didn't. it wasn't even a thing. You know, like people mm-hmm. go, you look different. You know? They're like, what? Like yeah. kids would come up to me and go, "What are you?" And I was like, "Mom, what am I?" My dad was like, "Tell me, you black and Asian." You know, so it's it's it, it's what I was. But nobody on my block were interracial. It was either black mm. couples or white couples. And my parents were like, like before the trend, you know. And it's a thing where I saw what happened to my mom. Didn't teach me to be. Um, my mom didn't teach me anything about my Korean heritage because people made fun of her accent Mm. so she didn't want me to go through that so she tried to americanize me as fast as possible you know my dad he's that i don't give a shit guy you know he's like there's ignorant people i don't care they can say what they want you know his favorite word is the n-word you know what i mean so he loves to watch movies my dad is so crazy he loves to watch movies with the n-word in it (laughs) because he says that's real that's how it really was. I think that Leonardo DiCaprio movie with Samuel L. Jackson, oh. The Band of Eight or something like that it was called. Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight. Yeah. Favorite movie. He goes, because that's how you use the N-word. Like, they said it that normally. Like, he loves the realness of that. Mm-hmm. You know? So, he's just crazy. Like, he's 75. Well, he's, he's gone through some shit. Man. Yeah. It's a different world. Different world that he went through. This is one thing that I... when. You know, people complain about social justice warriors and the the ridiculous calling out of everything being racist and everything being sexist. And I I agree. But the fact 
that that is the trend that a lot of these young people are going in. There's it's too far in a lot of ways, but it'll all balance out. Like you got to have that sort of overwhelming left-leaning ideology and then this overwhelming right-leaning ideology for people to say, well, what is rational? Yeah. What's rational? But the trend seems to be in a positive way. Like, it seems to all be going in a positive way. Like, it seems to be like racism is way less tolerated amongst most of the people that are in the middle, most of the people that aren't crazy and aren't, aren't you know, aren't overly sensitive. Like, it seems like things are balancing out. Yeah, it's, the problem is the older people. We gotta kill them. Yeah, that's where coronavirus. Corona's doing it, <laughs> but not because your mom just shook it off. Oh my like god, nothing. <laughs> and talking shit, like literally, my mom talking like you don't understand that conversation, Jeff. I wish I was there. Oh my Sounds god, hilarious. Oh man, she talked. Your dad didn't get it. No, he didn't get it. And did yeah. he get a um, antibody test? Nah, my dad. My dad only been to the doctor once. <laughs> my dad went to the doctor three years ago. I was having my son. Me and my wife were having our son. And I said, Dad, I want you around for my son. You need to go to the doctor and get a checkup. He goes, every time I go to the doctor, all my friends go there. If you go to a doctor, you die. Like, he feels if you see a doctor, you're going to die. Jesus Christ. You know? <laughs> so he's like, I'm 72 at that time. I'm fine. I'm not going to. So, but he decides to go because I beg him to. My mom's beat breast cancer twice, throat cancer, all types of cancers. My mom goes, calls me after his checkup, after a doctor. She goes, nothing's wrong with him. Like, she was mad about it. She was mad about it. That's hilarious. She was so she mad. Was she was so mad. How did your mom get throat cancer? Well, she had breast cancer, and they, you know, they do the scan, and mm -hmm. they found, like, the second time, I remember we having this big thing, because she beat it once. I was younger, and I didn't really understand it. You know, I was like nine, so you don't grasp it. But at 31, really hurt me, and she's really into Jesus. And I go, well, that's messed up. You're a lot of Koreans, very, yeah. very Christian. Very, I mean, she's yeah. super religious. Mm -hmm. So I said, Mom, how at that time I was a different person. I was like, your God, you know, gave you breast cancer again. How's that good? And she goes, well, if I wouldn't have got breast cancer, I wouldn't have known I had throat cancer. You know, so she found the positive of it. Whoa. Yeah, so that's the only reason she knew she had throat cancer. But, but you're like, but wait a minute, God gave you gave that, that too. too. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> she was in a hospital. I don't want to argue yeah, with her. I get it. I get it. I get it. But it's a thing where my mom calling me was so funny because she was so mad that my dad didn't have something. That's so funny. <laughs> she was so angry. She was so angry. And he's only uh, been to that in, in like... I'm 45 now. In my 45 years, that's the first time he's gone to the doctor. And is your dad active? Does he He exercise? walks two two hours every day. Oh, that's great. On his treadmill, and he watches all these Netflix shows. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's a great way to do it, too. Yeah. Because when you're on a treadmill, you don't even notice what's going on. You know, like if you're watching something, if you're yeah. watching something entertaining, like I was saying, I was watching uh, Tiger King while I was getting NAD drip. <laughs> You don't even know. As long as you're watching something. I learned that when uh, Ari and Tom and uh, Bert and I did that Sober October thing. Yeah. Like you could get so much more cardio done while you're watching a movie. Absolutely. You don't even notice. So my dad walks at two, you know, the speed two, and he walks for two hours and watches shows. So about six months ago, my mom calls me. Your dad flew off the treadmill. <laughs> so he walks in his underwear. I'm finding all this out. He walks, in his <laughs> he walks in his underwear, and he accidentally wasn't paying attention, and he hit the one before the two. It oh, went 12. No. <laughs> oh, no. So That's so fast. <laughs> so he's, 
He's on. <laughs> and he flew off. And oh my, my dad's God. whole leg was just shredded, like like scars and everything. Oh my God. Oh my God. So I, you know me, I'm a co- I started sending him uh, emojis of people flying off. <laughs> But he's back on it. Uh, I was like, Dad, you need to get a step or something. He's like, No, nah, I'm a walk. So he's back on it though. Wow. But he's he's crazy. Like my dad is a no shit type of guy. It Sounds is what like it, it. And he's that dude. Like when I die, I die. You know, I don't care where you put me. You like, should get your dad on a podcast. Oh, I, I'm gonna get my parents on mine. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, has your dad been on before? Not yet. But they talk so much shit to each other. <laughs> <laughs> like it's amazing. Like, like on my Instagram, there's videos of them. Like, they're in an argument. My dad is telling my mom, that's Korean, that Asian people don't know how to drive. And they're just arguing about it. On and, the Instagram? Oh, yeah. On your Instagram? Do you I have that know. up there? It's somewhere on there. Uh, it's probably deeper. We'll, we'll f- tell people to find it. We'll yeah, find it. it's on there. But but my mom is like, yeah, Asian people can't drive, but Korean people can drive. He's like, that's the same damn thing. you know. <laughs> So that's ever since I was growing up. That's the relationship. That's hilarious. it's so fun. So they've always been talking one uppers. They're one uppers, uh, man. That's so funny. It's so funny that she was mad that he didn't have anything wrong with him. Oh, <laughs> angry. The way she said it, Joe. The way she said it, she goes, "Hey, so we got results. Your dad not sick at all. He had nothing wrong with him." I'm like, "Mom, you should be happy about this." Mm. <laughs> They're crazy. That's hilarious. They're crazy. They're crazy. But the world's crazy right now. But I, I you know, I just, I just hope it gets better. I just hope we can get. I, I don't want to yeah. sound like Rodney King. It's gonna take some time. Yeah. It's gonna take longer than everybody thinks. I think everybody thinks it's gonna all clean up real quick, and I don't think so. I think uh, we're in this for a couple of years. That's the Corona. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, a hundred percent. But, think, but my thing about opening up the country is. It's it's not about you opening up the country. I just don't feel in a lot of places people are comfortable even going out. Like, I wouldn't go to a restaurant in L.A. right now. I would. Yeah? Yeah. I think people are going to get used to it. I think people need to, uh, for sure, need to take care of their immune system. Yeah. Very important. And and people need to educate themselves and need to understand the value of your health. Because for the longest time, when we didn't have something like this, there's a lot of people that are like barely hanging on health-wise, and any little thing can set them off. But but when I say go to a restaurant, I got to go with a five-month-year-old oh, and a three-year-old a son. Animal. Like that's yeah, a that's what I, that's what I'm talking. Yeah. About. I'm no, not talking I'm, about I'm me. Not, yeah, I'm not I'm talking gonna, about the whole family. Yeah, but yeah, I'm not. No way would I take a five-month-old. I think your your real concern for sure is people that have issues. That's the yeah. real concern. And the real concern is coming home. Like, you know, your mom shook it off, but some moms are not, you mm-hmm. know. Some some older folks are not going to. You know, we got to do our best to shield them. And hopefully that remdesivir, how do you say that shit? Remdesivir. Yeah, they're remdesivir. testing that right now. Yeah, right? apparently they're, they're, that is really helping. And it's uh, people are recovering 31% faster. But it's not stopping you from dying. That's If you're going to recover, it recovers you. Like if you're, I don't know that's true. No, it's true. true. It's true. What it, do you mean it's not stopping you from it's, dying? It's basically helping people that would recover anyway. Like, if if you took 14 days to recover, it channel it changes it to 11. Mm, but what if they get it to you early before the virus has a chance to I'm just to saying expand? what they – they're saying it's not stopping death. It's just helping the people that would recover, recover faster, okay. which is great. Yeah. Because they can get back out. That's the last I heard. But like I said, things yeah, change all I the mean, time. What you said about – what is this, Jay? Oh, my God. I get it for you to see now. But. Okay. Yeah. 
Let's we'll we'll end with this because we're three hours in. I'm glad you're okay, brother. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad to nice be alive. To see you, and I'm I'm glad we got a chance to do this podcast and let people know. And now we're gonna show people how crazy your parents. You don't are. have to play the whole thing, but. I've been there. And I was in a taxi. That's careful. They are dry. I've been in a taxi. Oh, don't tell me. I don't even know. I didn't know. How can you know? You I was there. I was in a taxi. I was in a taxi. In Korea, we were driving down in town. This taxi hit this other guy. In the other car, and they kept going. They didn't even stop. Oh, don't tell me, boy. That's all he needs to see. That's such a generalization. One taxi driver hit someone, didn't stop. Stop. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Right. Michael Yo, uh, thank you, brother. Thank uh, you, tell man. people how to find you on Instagram, on Instagram, Twitter. Instagram at Michael Yo. Uh, everything at Michael, Michael Yo. Michael Yo. And the podcast. Podcast Michael Yo Show on iTunes. So check all it right. out. All right. Thanks, brother. Appreciate right, thank you, you, man. Bye, everybody. <laughs>